0: everybody, I'm Zach Joyner, your friendly neighborhood host of the Clone Saga Chronicles podcast, powered by Spidey-Dude.com and the spider dude Radio Network. This is episode 63. As I explained at the beginning of last episode, The Clone Conspiracy, I kind of goofed up. We had, uh, ha- I had this thing edited, and unfortunately, due to uh, time constraints, I really wanted to get that episode out, and so I had to re-edit this episode, more or less. Well... So, in the beginning of this episode, I say, it's episode 62! Well, it's not 62, it's 63. So, between that and the references to our one of our next episodes being Clone Conspiracy, kind of creates a little bit of continuity problems for the show. But, uh, anyway, I just wanted to settle that before we get started. So, enjoy this episode, episode 63, simply titled, Onslaught. Whoa! I don't think I even want to hear your story. All of you must hear the Scarlet Spider story.
1: My name is Ben Riley. I'm related to this reality's Peter Parker. How? I'm his clone. Or maybe he's my clone. We're not sure.
0: I'm the real Spider-Man. I don't know what kind of mind game this is, but I'm the real Spider-Man. The real Peter Parker.
1: You see? Clones. I thought I was that clone. I tried to stay out of Peter's life by taking on a new identity. I dyed my hair, changed my name to Ben Riley. When I became a costume hero of the Scarlet Spider, it really made him angry. The next big blow came from Dr. Kirk Connors. He discovered it according to our genetic structures. It might be Peter who was the clone, not me. That news pushed Peter Parker over the edge. Now he hated me with
0: a passion. This is starting to sound like a bad comic book plot. It gets worse.
2: What? Did you just tell me I was a clone? The
1: cloning process has proven unstable. You're coming apart.
0: Welcome to the 62nd episode of CSC. I'm Zach Joyner, your friendly neighborhood host. And joining me for this episode is the entire crew Joshua Lappen Bertone of Gotham Chronicle and uh, the co founder of this show.
3: What?
0: You're here the entire time?
3: Oh, uh, well, let's let's wait till we get to the end of the episode before we play <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, Don and Morgan Grant
0: of Comic Book Film Review is also with us. Welcome back, Don. Hello. And we've got Gerard Della Tour second of Mayday Mondays.
4: You said the entire crew, so I- I'm looking around. I don't see Brandon anywhere.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, nice t- nice reference. Well done. And the other co-show of on um, the Spidey Radio Network. Uh, that
3: was Radio two Network. presidential terms ago.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, my God, you're right.
1: That
4: was Obama's first year in office.
0: <laughs>
4: yep. That's how long this podcast has been going.
0: It's a podcast that will never die. Greg Machansky of Spectacular Radio is back with us as well. Welcome back, Greg. Who the hell is Brandon? Who the hell is Brandon? He was the uh, colorist, right? Yeah, he was the colorist for uh, Crawl Space Avengers, and he was, like, on the first, like... Four
4: episodes. Zach, now you have to explain what Call Space Avengers is. You see the
3: the hole that you're diving into? Yeah.
2: Wait, 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 You mean there was a fifth person on this podcast before me? I feel like I'm a replacement. Well, there was- Brandon
3: was like eight and a half at the time, and now he's in his thirties. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was old enough to think
2: Miley
5: Cyrus was hot. He Zach- aged 22 oh, years and it's
0: in seven years.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, he's graduated college since then, so that, that tells you how long ago has been.
1: Jesus! <laughs> That's
0: severely depressing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God. <laughs> and we're just now to Onslaught. <clears throat> anyway.
1: <laughs>
0: All right. Good night, everybody. So this episode, we're going to cover four issues. We're going to cover ASM-415, Spider-Man 72, sens- uh, Sensational 8, and ASM-416.
4: Not in that order. <laughs>
0: Not in that order. We'll start with uh, Sensational number 8. But uh, I wanted to briefly mention and get somebody, some, some of the guys' thoughts, at least on the new costume of Ben Riley, because we talked a little bit about the rumors, the Bleeding Cool, a couple episodes ago, uh, that Mark Bagley and Peter David were going to be doing a brand new comic, and I wanted to get everybody's reaction to that lovely costume that's been uh, posted online. Oh, who? We'll start with... Wait, 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 wait. wait. Have, you, have we, on this podcast, talked about
4: Clone conspiracy at all?
0: Uh, we briefly mentioned that Ben Riley was back, but when and better were... than ever. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, we haven't we haven't done like a. We're waiting until it's all over to actually do an episode cover, oh, right?
0: Yeah, we're, we're recording okay. just to give kind of people a peek behind the curtain uh, because I've got a couple episodes in the can that are going to be being released. We're going to be uh, this is being done towards the end of January, so we're uh, part currently we're on part four. Uh, we've got one more part left before the. Uh, Events over. I, I figured that our next recording will probably be uh, clone conspiracy. So, uh, that's, all right,
2: that's what you think. Right. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> oh, that's gonna be fun to tear into.
0: So, okay, we've got. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, we'll start with you, Don. What What do you think about? I'm gonna end with Gerard, but what do you think about? Uh, <laughs> actually, before you do that,
4: can
3: can you uh, can you post up an image because I forgot what it looked like.
0: Yeah, I, I, I will. Watch.
4: Uh,
3: Just post up an image of Spider Gwen, and then like um, you know, swap <laughs> <sloppage>. it. <laughs>
0: Uh, ben, <laughs> uh, well, we got the official name of the title as well, Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider, which pretty much spoils the ending of Clone Conspiracy. Oh.
1: <laughs> yes.
4: <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. There's all sorts of shenanigans they could do instead, which I guess we'll talk it,
3: about. Ex- exactly. That's what, that's what I told Don. I was like, <laughs> it's not like there's only two endings to Clone Conspiracy, Ben lives and Ben dies, and even with clones, like...
1: An and ending. We
0: do also know that Kane's going to be in the book, too. That that was confirmed. He? He that was is. confirmed via interview with uh, Peter David. They've released a cover to issue one that shows the new costume off. It's kind of an inverse of the regular Spider-Man costume, a little bit, and um, has a mouth on the mask and a hoodie for no reason. Oh no 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 no! Do not lie. What do you mean for no reason? <laughs> it's
5: Ben Riley. What do you mean no reason? <laughs> he has web shooters for no reason. <laughs>
1: okay yeah
3: but it's of those stupid built-in uh uh spider gwen hoodies yeah, it, I, I don't know if like the mouth is just like a cover thing or if it's like actually going to if he has like as cloth
5: as in his in between his teeth yeah, I, I i
3: right and then like and then somebody it was either peter david or like mark bagley like said like oh no like the mouth is like so like you know when you see him smiling as he beats you up it's supposed to be spooky but like i it looks dumb I didn't know how seriously I was supposed to take that. It's not like – find the Batman Beyond
5: costume where that was clearly, like, built into the costume, in the mask.
0: Yeah. So yeah. That, was a, that was a big impl- – and, like, half the internet hated it. Half.
4: That's <laughs> being generous. <laughs> it more <laughs> than People that. People
0: actually ran an article about how much they uh, hated the costume. But, uh, Don, what are your thoughts on this?
4: Jesus Don, Christ.
5: Is that what we've devolved to, like, hating so much? a comic book costume, like Silk, like Spider-Gwen, and I actually thought those last couple costumes were pretty good. I mean, do I love this costume? No, but, like, I mean, it is kind of a goofy-looking costume, but, like, when people, like, say I don't love this costume, that means it's the worst ever.
0: That kind of just makes me want to vomit. I mean, do you hate this costume? Yeah.
4: I don't think it's the worst ever, but I think it's pretty crappy. I think
0: without the mouth... Because, see, like, Stephen Butler did a pencil drawing on Facebook, and I liked it without the mouth. But... The mouth kind of just is weird to me, and it makes me think of Spider-Side for all the wrong
3: reasons. Yeah, the color oh, scheme is very similar. Yeah, the
0: color scheme is very, very similar, uh-huh.
3: too. So, yeah,
0: I I don't love it.
3: I want to see it in action more because... That pose doesn't do it. There's a lot of costumes that, that when they get, like, first looks, I'm not sure what to make of them, but then, like, when I see them, like, more, I either wind up liking them or hating them more. Like, the the Batgirl costume that Stephanie Brown had, like, that first look of it was really horrible. And then I liked it more as time went on. Like, I still didn't love it, but there are certain things that, like, look better when you see more images of them aside from a cover. That being said, if I'm just going by this cover image, um, I don't like the mouth. And I think it's too similar to Spider-Gwen, which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But the problem is, like, right now, Spider-Gwen is everywhere with that hoodie. So, like, when you see, like, this, it looks too derivative of spider gwen because like the hoodie is one of the more iconic parts of the costume and people like to talk about ben Riley in the hoodie but it's not like i was about to say it was ripped off but yeah like it's not like he ever like you know put it over his you know like face or anything like that it was just like the jacket part It's, it's really like the
5: drawstrings more than anything
3: else yeah i mean that being said i could deal with a horrible costume if we have peter david writing (laughs) the mark bagley drawing but um i'm really hoping that like when we actually open the book um it will look better than this and that the mouth is not something that's going to be like um a thing there was uh, like 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 there was speculation from um uh, a podcast that shall not be named where they thought that like every time spider-man was going to like Move his eyes in Civil War. There was going to be a sound because, like, there was a sound in the trailer. So happened to be, I
1: and that.
3: so maybe, maybe that, like, maybe the whole mouth thing is an assumption. Like that, like, oh, we're going to see his mouth all the time. Maybe we're just seeing it. On... I really hope we're just going to see it on the cover. I really hope. Well, I've seen some... it is something distinctive for a Spider-Man costume, but I don't want it.
4: You know, what this reminds me of um, it was early when uh, JMS took over as a writer on Amazing. There was a point where he kept giving uh, John Romita Jr. artistic directives to draw Spider-Man's like facial expressions under the mask. You guys remember this? Yeah. Where he would it where <laughs> there would be periods where his face would just look sorta of lumpy it was because he was trying to to convey emotions through the mask. And J R Jr was basically actively fighting it because that's really stupid. Well, I remember it's
5: like you would like make a face, but you couldn't see it, yeah.
4: And, and like J M S is like, well, just show that he's smirking underneath his mask. And J R Jr is like, that's not how masks work. Yeah. You know, you y- y- don't. Please, please don't try to tell me how to do my job. You know that kind of thing.
3: Yeah. So see, I wrote Battlestar Galactica. Uh, I know Batman what I'm 5. talking about.
4: I made the same mistake. Shut up!
3: I know what I wrote!
4: (laughs) That's a case where uh, I think uh, he just kept actively fighting it until JMS has finally realized the folly in it and then just gave up. Um,
0: Greg, what are your thoughts on it?
2: Well, I when I first saw it, I had a very knee-jerk negative reaction to this thing. I mean, if it wasn't designed by Mark Bagley, I probably wouldn't have had that reaction, because you know when you go to your favorite restaurant, you have high expectations for it? And Mark Bagley is one of my favorite artists of all time, so I had very high expectations for this, and that's why the costume ended up really disappointing me. And um, you know how sometimes I can tend towards hyperbole when I'm really mad. So. No! <laughs> oh. <laughs> Some of the, fir- the first thing I said, and let me add a disclaimer. I don't intend to be political at all during this. I just need to make this one crack. The first thing I said when I saw this was Comrade Comover's hairpiece is more attractive than this. Really? That has everything to do with this
1: costume.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't sound at all like a first-cuff reaction, Greg. Stop BSing. <laughs> this is, this is,
0: what you, what you, you can't hear me just doing my this giant facepalm. <laughs> uh.
2: But anyway, like I said, I'm still willing to read this book because I do like Mark Bagley as an artist, and I love—I mean, I love Bagley's artist. I love Peter David as a. Right. I'm sure the team will be good, but I really hope they redesign that costume at some point. Agreed.
3: <laughs> I really hope they redesign Ben Riley as a person. <laughs> from, like, <laughs> going on, cl-
2: going
3: on. from what we've gotten in clone.
2: Yeah. Oh, I'm sure, Peter da- I'm sure Peter David will do that. He tends to fix other people's crap.
1: Uh,
4: it's, it's, Z- uh, Z- Zach, remember when, when uh, you sold me this picture for the first time? You remember what I told you? I said that it looked kind of like one of the, you know, like I have a fan contest every once in a while, like uh-huh. read so and those costumes. I thought that's what this was. Yeah. No. Like, like it legitimately looks like a fan made costume, and I guess that's because of how highly derivative it is of other characters. So, just like, ugh. I I wish Bagley had come up with something a little I don't better mind than this. The
0: no webs mask. I don't mind the belt.
4: Um, the, if
0: he if got rid of the mouth on the hoodie I think it'd be great you know what I don't, like? I don't like I don't like the gloves
5: because it looks you can't tell like what the design is there's like red on his on his like knuckles mm. but there's like black on his like forearm and like his red his red fingers like it's hard to kind of tell exactly what's going on and there's like there's like a lot of shadow on his lips I think, I think the way they could have drawn it could be a lot
2: clearer yeah
3: and that's one thing where like when we see it in action it's gonna be different Better. Hopefully, would you be, please.
2: Would it be okay if they had brought back the original costume?
3: No. no. Yeah.
5: Mm, that, 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 Scarlet, Scarlet Spider costume is very 90, so yeah, I don't know.
3: <sighs> see, see, this it would was, be fun for like an issue or two, but like, yeah, yeah I guess we got to move forward. Mm. See, this, yeah, has, this yeah. has nods to that costume, though. Like, Zach no
4: webs on the mask, and the belt that he had in the Scarlet Spider suit that he, that he originally had. Mm. I'm assuming that's what the detention was, right. but... The spider also looks
5: kind of like his Scarlet spider, but you know, like just kind of upright and not diagonal. Right,
4: right. it does.
0: And, and the the amount of scarlet on the costume, <laughs> uh,
3: but the the there's blue. He has less red in this costume than Kane's Scarlet Spider costume. Yeah, I know. But that's the thing. Like he was he was Spider Ben. I don't know if it was longer than he was Scarlet Spider, but like you know, Almost for as long. it's not like he was Scarlet Spider the whole time he was alive, and like. Most of the time that, like, he was Scarlet Spider, like, those weren't exactly good stories. Like, when we think about Ben Riley, you know, and, like, how awesome he was, like, we're thinking about, like, the Dan Jurgen stuff, not like the I'm not a man, I'm yeah, a clone the, 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 stuff. Well,
5: I mean, when I think of Ben Riley, I do tend to think of, like, the Scarlet Spider, just to differentiate it from Spider-Man.
4: Me too. Mm, yeah, same.
0: I, I think the Scrawl Spider well, well, screw you all, but I think, I think <laughs> that, that, that they did that on purpose, obviously. But making, but I I actually really like the Spider Ben costume, and I would have I wouldn't have mind if they brought him back in the actual Spider Ben costume. But that's just me.
5: It's not same. Absolutely, I, I know I know it's Mady's costume like more than Ben's now because she's had it longer. But I love that costume so much I would have uh, voted for would that. You
0: have you been opposed to them going back to the Spider ben costume, George?
4: Uh, only in the sense only if you have uh, Peter Parker still kicking around in a costume that kind of looks like it. Okay. Like I don't know what because uh, they'd have changed. I, I I gotta be honest. I haven't been keeping up that closely. Is Peter wearing that same kind of glowy in the center yes. costume that he has now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, that, that's different enough, I suppose. But if he went back to his original suit and you had spider ben in in that suit, I don't know. <laughs>
5: The thing about a Spider Man's costume <laughs> is that like his blue is really really deeply like almost black. That I wonder if they would like kind of keeping that color scheme where they would kind of change it up for like a modern audience or whatever. Yeah,
2: I mean uh, I believe Dicko meant for it to be black. I-, I like blue better. I, I know people like black.
5: I- I've
3: heard that too. Kind of like how Batman's like suit for a while was like supposed to be black, but like if you look at any Batman book before the '90s, his suit is blue. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: By by the way, you could put
4: you could put the lie to that Ditko thing because if you see his original cover in Amazing Fantasy Fifteen, it's unquestionably blue.
0: Yeah, I, I think <laughs> it was um, supposed to be blue, and then they kind of added the blue the the blue with black eyes. No, it's r-
2: Gerard, do you know what you've just done there? Now Dicko's going to listen to this and gonna write a 50-page screen about how we're wrong. Oh,
4: come on. Dicko doesn't know how to use podcasts.
2: <laughs> somebody
3: actually took a <laughs> photo Does that man of- even <laughs> own a computer? Dude, I doubt somebody it. actually
2: took a photo of his office. There, there is Dicko black would
3: like, there is white. Dicko would do an essay there about right, like, object There is and sympathy. there is
2: wrong. <laughs> exactly.
3: There's nothing in between. Yeah. But anyway, I just kinda wanted to get everybody people to kinda, Sing singing the songs of angry. Uh, I-, I wanted to kind of get
0: everybody's thoughts on this because Mark Bagley's doing it. And this is actually, unfortunately, the last Mark Bagley drawn Spider Man that we'll cover on this show. And- oh, you mean uh no.
1: yeah.
2: Good night, sweet prince. Yeah.
0: So, getting back to the main bulk of our episode. Boy, holy, aren't you? You're not no, gonna I to give, I to talk. Give my thoughts.
4: Yeah. I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I was gonna say, are we gonna discuss at all the idea of whether or not this is Ben? Ben, like, what? Are we gonna attempt to
2: guess how this yeah, size story well, is. It's, it's, it's a clone of a clone of a clone or, of a clone.
4: Or is it a thing where this will be out too late afterwards, so it's not worth the time?
2: I
3: think this will be out too late afterwards. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B
1: yeah all
3: right yeah. Uh, well we, we can we can it'd be fun to speculate Let, let's do that yeah, there, there, there there is kind of a hint in like the new issue that maybe like the ben that we're getting isn't the jackal ben because when they say oh we're gonna kill spider-man and like you know bring him back to life and like replace him with someone else and like ben riley says oh no i already have like somebody in mind so i'm like okay maybe there's like another ben riley in a pod that didn't clone like all of Spider-man's greatest enemies and uh, you know, maybe and didn't order Peter's death and maybe he'll be the star.
0: Hopefully we'll get a, we'll, of we'll this be, We'll actually get a good um, final <laughs> twist. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this story
3: is a living <laughs> nightmare.
2: <laughs> I, I don't even want to call this guy Ben Riley. I, I call him Anuba Ben
3: <laughs> he he's the twenty seventh clone of Ben Riley. And, and Donovan, I don't even and I like, I don't, want to that. get into that because like, you and I argue that like every forty-eight hours. Uh, yeah, well, look at the issue. It's like he, he says he like, died Donovan thinks times. that it's the same corpse that he died twenty-seven times. But like, is he being brought back to life in like the same body each time, or is he being cloned each time? I say he's being that's cloned each time. That's, that's the implication. Yeah, my
1: god, they killed Ben Riley! You b-
3: Yeah, he, Ben <laughs> Riley has now become Kenny.
4: Oh, God, is this going to be, is that like a scenario where, you know, when you photocopy a photocopy, and you just keep doing that over and over again, and it just gets crappier every yeah. time? Is that going to be part of the <laughs> story? That's why it? Ben Len's evil.
1: That's yeah, is that going to be the, the solution? more or less the explanation
4: that they've given. Oh, no. Yeah,
0: of why he's um, gone insane. Oh, and by the way, the nineties uh, jackal cost uh, the nineties jackal was a costume, not his actual skin. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a mistake. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> what? <laughs>
5: <laughs> and, then, and then Spider-Man fights Finn I was and like you've never like, jackal, you've never been as strong as I
2: have, except for the times when you
1: always were. <laughs> okay,
2: okay, okay. So I'm thinking back to when the jackal came out of that pod one time. That was a costume. So Miles Warren designed a, a green furry.
1: For that cost. Yeah. No. <laughs> that was,
0: I think, like supposed to be an Easter egg that they failed miserably on. They're like, wait, that doesn't work. That was his body.
3: <laughs> I just don't get I it. I mean, because you, you you could always like no prize it, saying that he really was Furry Jackal, but he had a Furry Jackal costume in case he needed like a human Miles Warren clone to like double as him in a situation. Like maybe Furry Jackal, like you know, was out having McDonald's, and then, like, it was a Miles <laughs> Warren clone who was, like, in the furry costume, who, that's the one that, like, fell off the skyscraper saying, when the dream ends, the nightmare begins.
1: I, and then didn't fall
0: into the crater. He was floating above the crater, but there was still, like, broken
1: concrete.
4: Yes. I just don't get how that slot does this constantly, where he, he writes stories that are solely dependent on continuity to get any interest, but they all have continuity errors in them. I don't understand how that's a thing. Like, you think by this point, if you're going to be doing stories like that, you have to cross all your T's and dot all your I's, right? It's, it's, it's the work ethic of the truly, truly lazy. <laughs> so that, that's honestly how they can describe it hey,
3: I, want like, I want the last page of, like, Clone Conspiracy. Peter turns to Gwen. Oh, and by the way, you are a horrible parent. What do you mean? What do you mean? You've been alive for, like, weeks, and you haven't said, oh, by the way, how are my kids? How are my babies? How are they doing?
2: Didn't Kevin post about yeah, that on Facebook yeah. earlier?
3: The, Kevin posted about it, but like I, I, I said, that like privately on a few phone well, calls that, in the that, last few I, weeks. I, like I, I, I will say, <laughs> isn't she worried about her kids? I, I will say that
0: on that podcast that shall not. I crawl. The point that you made, Josh, about how Gwen didn't uh, should is the worst parent ever. That was actually made on that other show. That was the point I was trying to make before I was so rudely interrupted by Skype. Uh, but yeah, that's what uh, that—that's one of those big giant cl- continuity holes that you didn't address when you easily
4: could have. Is it a hole though, or are they just—are just, they just like uh, soft retconning out the whole? Since Someone, fast.
5: Did, even Brad said it. Like Slot said, he was not—he was actively avoiding
4: dealing with those characters. Uh,
0: he may have,
4: which is the coward's way.
3: Yeah, agreed. They—they they, well, they did I mean, show, they did show up during Brand New Day, right? Gabriel In did. American Son Gabriel did. Yeah, the but right, like it. Since past is still kind of like loose enough that like you could retcon it if you want to, but having like the Gwen clone like remember her kids would like make it harder to the retcon because you could but say just just, just erase si- it from history, like from from Secret War Winkler device. Sarah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sarah Stacy is Joyce Delaney with um, memory, you know, implants, and the Joyce Delaney that died in hashtag is just another clone. Is it Joyce Delaney, <laughs> Gabriel's St- own daughter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's the identity crisis that all clones want. And Gabriel Stacy's a Peter clone. That's why he looks like Peter. And the reason why Mary Jane um, remembers a conversation from issue one twenty two one that never happened. Yeah, or well, she would maybe not. you She'd have to get like kidnapped, but post-hypnotic suggestion, basically. Like, she's, like, you know, was hypnotized when she was in therapy or some shit to, like, get these false memories. It wouldn't be the best. We've put far more Red effort
0: Cop. into this than Marvel ever will. <laughs> well,
3: because if you read Sins Past, and I know that we're, like, deviating so far from the show right yeah, now, yeah. we'll probably finish that 3 o'clock in the morning, but if you read, like, Sins Past, like, the scene where, like, Gwen overhears, like, where Gwen and Norman are talking and Mary Jane overhears it and they slap, like, that scene does not make sense if you, like, look at it side-by-side side with issue 121. Like, even though they're wearing the same clothes, there's, like, no time for these conversations to be happening. Well, Peter no. went
5: to get a Coke, so, you know, that's the plenty of time window.
3: <laughs> no, right. he, he didn't say, I'm going to get you a Coke till they were already outside. Oh, okay. Also, we're supposed
4: to believe that Gwen Stacy went from looking like Gwen Stacy to being fully pregnant and delivering two twins within, like, a week.
3: <laughs> yes! Well, yeah, and that like that. she went to oh. Paris for like three months, like w- well, separate hey, from her he, London he trip? He worked for Padme Amidala.
1: But <laughs> <Well, No>, then <laughs> she died.
0: Yeah. but I'll, I'll <laughs> also say this: the fact that J. R. Fenninger put more effort into that than uh, than Marvel did, and so that they just said, <laughs> "Okay, that's what it is."
2: Definitely yeah, what they were really thinking about. Yeah, it. yeah, they should at least pay the guy for that one.
0: Agree. <laughs> anyway, so uh, back to our. Bulk of our episode. <laughs> all right. So it's gonna be a two parter, isn't it? No, we're making this one part. Alright, anyway, we're gonna be covering That's uh cute. Sensational Eight, ASMR, yeah. Spider Man seventy two, and then Amazing Four Sixteen.
4: Because we covered all we covered all the spectacular issues that ran concurrent to this in a previous episode.
0: Yes, we did. Blizzard stuff, yeah. yeah. Can I ask um did you
5: like when did you this podcast cover like the the resolution of like Peter dying? 'Cause
0: that's reference and I totally they like was not around for that. Uh,
4: that was during the Wizard story, wasn't it?
0: No. Not the issues that we covered. No, we covered that uh, that was the August nineteen ninety six episode, I think. Either that or it was the Delilah episode, I'm sorry. The Gerard Hart like, Delilah. Like,
5: what's the ASM issue where it's like Peter Parker Mark for Death? Delilah. Oh, that, that was the Delilah stuff?
0: No, the, the Mark for Death issue was uh Blood Brothers. But What
5: well, do you mean know, like the cover of like like the red bloody Spider Man and That like, was in Mar- Blood Brothers.
4: I was it Black Brothers? Yeah. That had nothing to do with <laughs> <laughs> what talking, you're talking about. Yeah, oh that,
5: no, you're right. You're right, you're right, right. But like like, like what about the issue where like he dies at the end of the end of the issue, like in the hospital?
0: Oh, uh, we covered that with the Delilah.
5: That was
4: Dragon that was Dragon
0: Man. Yeah. That was the Dragon Man, um, Two Parter. No, uh, I'm sorry, that was the Delilah. That was the same month of the Delilah. Issue. Okay, that was Delilah. Okay, I, was, I was I was out for that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why you don't
5: remember. <laughs> nah. Did you guys hear the ninety six annual?
0: I covered that in the miniseries episode.
5: Ah, okay, fair enough. Yes. Anyway,
0: so uh, so we're actually um, with this issue we de- we debut a new artist on a uh, S- Sensational Spider-Man. Hell yeah! All right, so Mike Ringo uh, makes his debut on Spider-Man, and in- with this issue, and Donovan, you have this the run.
5: Oh, this is my childhood coming back to kill me. Um, the Sensational Spider-Man number eight, cover date September nineteen ninety-six. The Looter, armed to the teeth. The sensational Spider-Man aka Ben Riley, aka Peter Parker, aka Ben Riley is web slinging across town, catching rides on tops of buses, and he's thinking to himself about how there are a lot of, there's a crime story by several uh, presumably several villains. Uh, the likes of Stiltman, the Shocker, the Trapster, the Ringer, but Ben's not so sure. It just—it just, it seems almost too easy. Maybe it's someone trying to frame these villains. Um, he's exactly right. As we cut to the title page, it's called "The Usual Suspects," written by Zago, illustrated by Mike Rinko and Richard Case. Meanwhile, uh, miles to the north of the cliff overlooking the Hudson River, we see one of the uh, one of the more forgotten Dicko villains from the end of Dicko's near the end of Dicko's run. The looter, a.k.a. Norton G. Fester, uh, delivering some sickening Stanley uh, exposition, which is
3: awesome. Um, uh, Yeah, I was waiting for the reveal that he was talking to somebody, and it never came. And who but I, Norton
5: G. Fester, with my incredible mental abilities and meteor-born super strength, could have devised such an ingenious plan. (laughs) I
0: love Um, the the little uh, dialogue box on that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Dorton G picturess is fir- as a first cl- uh, a part-time nut <laughs> I, I, do, I do like
1: that yeah that was uh, nice
3: cute. That, that's, that's, that, and that's also the picture of him that they would use when Marvel like switched to that like uh, those about yes. like biography covers yes which was awesome
4: <laughs> awesome and, right. I, and I remember because they didn't correct it so it was still diagonal
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> when I
5: first uh, ever heard of looter it was this image. This this first mm-hmm. image on the Spider Man the Mast. I have that um, book. Um, to the point where like, I was surprised that like Dico actually this is a dicko design that they stick with. It's not a nineties design. <laughs> it looks very nineties. <laughs> but dicko did draw him like
2: this. I'm <laughs> sure Dicko didn't give him the earring.
5: Well we never know. We may never know. Um, unless we read the issue. So he he basically uh, uh, agrees with Ben's deductions and that he has the um, technologies of these villains and yeah he is framing them so that no one will suspect him uh i perpetrated I per- their perfect crime i've stolen their criminal identities i've looted the looters Loot, loot, loot! <laughs> sorry that's
0: something funny
1: so um uh, hey,
0: by or, the way just or- to, to kind of give everybody point of reference all the uh todd Dezago issues had little sub like little hints for like two or three months coming into this issue so this is like the culmination yeah, really. of uh, – yeah, there, there was like, oh, hey, look, looks like the uh, the ringers stole this uh, – had this jewelry heist. It was like one scene aside that if you weren't paying attention, you'd be like, hey. yeah. I, I, well, I clearly was. I had no bloody idea. It, it, well, it, it reads better when you're when you're reading them in the trades. By the way, yeah. we're in epic book number five of Ben Riley. by the way, for everybody.
2: Yeah, by the way, poor looter. No one's going to suspect you of anything. No one knows you exist. so um so he uh
5: wants the world to know that he the looter, norton g fister will be the man who unlocked the mysteries of the universe um and at that very moment we see ben riley visit his uh quote-unquote brother uh his or slash cousin i should say that's another comic uh peter parker who's recovering from his spell of dying and getting his fire powers back in the hospital and um, he and Ben – or Ben and Peter go over Ben's uh, theories on the recent robberies, and they're kind of like going – doing like kind of on-the-fly detective work. So Ben goes off to investigate, and Peter's like, hey, if you need a hand, and Mary Jane yells him, oh, no, you don't. You just died or almost <laughs> died, and um, there's, that, there's their scene for the issue. Peter investigates at um, – it was like the, the Roger and Clint diamond exchange. Uh, or he eventually gets it in the paper, and he goes to like Kobayashi Imports, which is showing a, a rare fortune of black pearls. That gets attacked, and as he's saving people from destruction, he's knocked out by he – mentions, he mentions the unicorn, or right? I did not know it was a villain. But when he wakes up, he sees uh, Fester in his face. Fester has uh, stolen his web shooters and like webbed him to – a couple of pillars, and gives him a lot of exposition. And the entire time, Ben's like, you know, yeah, um, how long have I been webbed up to this thing? And he's like, uh, an hour. Anyway, so he continues to, you know, tell him about his dastardly plan, and he says, you know, soon I will have stolen enough money to buy this missing meteor, and then I'll be uh, uh, perceived as a genius. And Ben's like, okay, I don't need to be rude or anything, but um, if you're the greatest looter there ever was, why don't you just steal the second meteor? And (laughs) she's like, I don't know about that. <laughs> which is awesome. <laughs> so so Ben's like, oh, uh, yeah, okay. Anyways, so he crunches the, the webbing in his hand and he and gets loose because it's been an hour since he was webbed up and the webbing's dissolved. So he's dodging attacks from the ringer and an energy blasts. Um, at one point, the looter puts on like a, a cowl which fires like um photon rays or whatever, but he, he grabs that off his head and after some, you know, action sequences, S.H.I.E.L.D. shows up when uh, Ben gets this rock and they basically said that he's actually that the looter was actually onto something and trying to discover the mysteries of the universe, which he's very proud of. So Ben's like well, that was embarrassing. I'll never tell anyone about that adventure. I wonder what's gonna to happen to me next. And then like at that moment, Sentinels show up out of nowhere. Next onslaught <laughs> <laughs>
4: Boo. You will uh, never speak of this again. Under penalty of oh, death <laughs> <laughs> He's reeled out of the town on right. the train.
0: Instead of going, uh, instead of like covering this, uh, our thoughts on this issue at the end of the episode, let's let's cover it now since it's kind of a one shot. Let's start with uh, since he hasn't been on the show for a while.
3: Josh, give us your thoughts. I was on the last episode. Yeah, that we recorded. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if we've recorded more since then.
0: No, we haven't. Uh, well, I've, rec- I've recorded one more, but not y'all.
3: How could you? Uh, I love the final arts. adventure. That's why. <laughs> you got it. No, I love the part where Spider-Man's like webbed up and he's like so uh how long have i been here an hour but that's besides the point and then like, <laughs> and he, he breaks out um you know i i love that stuff um otherwise i uh eh, this this was a nice done in one you know humorous issue and i like the end with like you know where the looters like smirking the spider-man um you know like told you so when the shield agents carry him out as don alluded to in the recap uh the exposition at the beginning with the looter is really, really, like, Silver agey to the point where I thought that it was going to, like, reveal, like, a page later that he was talking to Delilah or someone like that, but no, he was talking to himself the whole time.
4: Well, no, isn't it part of his character that he constantly talks to the meteor as if it's a person? Yeah. So that's what's happening there. He is talking to somebody. He's just somebody that doesn't exist.
2: He's also a great... Okay. His imaginary friend. Which is a meteor.
4: Yeah.
0: It's, it's, what, what, what's, what's the, what's the uh, it's the Wilson of, uh, of Pirate <laughs>
2: Universe. I will call it meaty. <laughs>
1: Wilson! No! Wilson!
4: <laughs> whoa, 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 don't try to move, you're still very weak. Tell me, who are you?
1: Oh, you've lost your memory.
4: Wait, wait, my
0: friend, we can help you! Everyone thought you were dead. I love you, but I have a family now. Ow! Oh! Wilson! I thought I'd lost you forever! Did you just hit me
1: in the face? I am calling the cops! Ow! No witnesses. No witnesses. (laughs)
3: and i love the interplay between peter mary jane and ben which is one of the like fun things about this era with like mary jane like yelling at you know uh peter and then ben like smirking and mary jane like oh what do you think is so funny mr riley like stuff like that like this is the type of stuff that like you don't get anywhere else in other parts of spider-man because there's no one that's on their level that way uh, you know, otherwise it, it was just a fun done in one issue. You know, aside from the onslaught stuff at the end, uh, I liked it.
4: Uh, Gerard, yes. What are your thoughts on this? <laughs> I, mean, uh, I like it a lot. Um, it, it's it's strange that I'm going to praise this as much as I am because it, under ordinary circumstances, I would definitely ding this for not having anything to do with anything. Mm -hmm. But for the Clone Saga, that's a welcome change because usually everything's tied together to some meta plot. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, this is a good breather. I also thought the way it was structured, this feels very much like the first issue of a series where it's just kind of slowly inching you in to, like, show you the characters and that kind of thing.
0: Very good introductory issue.
4: Yeah, and I suspect that that was almost certainly done intentionally, new artists and everything like that. Yeah. So I'm assuming that I'm trying to remember the timeline here, Zach. And I always get this wrong. But uh, as far as like whether they intended to continue doing Spider-Man stories, or if they had already decided by this point that Peter is being this Spider-Man was, again.
0: This was the point they decided Peter was being Spider-Man again, but they were they delayed the Clone Saga because of Onslaught.
4: Okay, so so basically okay. this is like introducing you to Ben Riley, but not with the long haul intention that he would be Spider-Man for right. Because okay, got it. In, in that case, it is a little odd to do it that way, but it's still a welcome change. Um, Mike Waringo, oh, uh, so good to see his art again. Mm-hmm. I miss, I, I miss him dearly. I really do. Mm-hmm. For those um, who don't know,
0: uh, Mike, Mike passed away two thousand four.
4: All right, so I think he did. He had already done. The Flash, yeah, he had already done Robin. I think he had done that Rogue miniseries, so I'm actually wrong. That wasn't his first Marvel work, because uh-huh. that Rogue miniseries in the, like, 90s. Oh, yeah, I-, I have
5: that miniseries, yeah.
4: That was in, like, 95, I think, and then this was probably his first ongoing work at Marvel. I
0: can actually yeah. check that right now. It's probably about my The uh, Spider-Boy uh, one-shot was actually the first time he worked with the Spider-Man office. Ah, uh, right, I forgot he did. That the, was definitely in 96, yeah. 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 yeah in fact I think in the life that- of Riley they actually that's what they say is that that was kind of his open audition to Glenn Greenberg and oh, Thomas so Rogue was
5: in come on gosh. uh 19, January or the cover date was January
4: 1995 okay this, I remember that okay because I, I seem to recall from an interview he did that he he actually straight up left DC to do that under the impression that he was going to get a lot more Marvel work out of that mini series. It didn't work out that way. Oh. He kind of got hoodwinked.
1: Poor guy. Yeah,
5: after Spider Man, like I didn't really see him again like, uh, until like until um, like uh, that what was it the oh, the um, what's it bad movies, bad storyline in like 2005 when he was turning into a monster.
4: The other, the other, yeah, yeah. You you completely—he did a whole whole run on Fantastic Four before. Yeah, he did that.
1: Uh,
0: He did a run on Fantastic Four. He actually did like um, Avengers 400. He actually drew that because I was looking. Oh, you're right. uh, I was looking for you know other Ben Riley appearances and see if you know it was more than just like a cameo, and it literally was a one panel cameo. Uh, But, yeah, he drew uh, Avengers 400, too, which is...
4: I forgot, yeah. So, so yeah, I guess after Rogue, but before this, he probably done a bunch of fill-in work. Uh-huh. Stuff like that, and, and that one, one issue of Spider-Boy, and that kind of thing. Yeah, and then, of course, he did his run on here, and then later on Fantastic Four, which I think is his best work. Really great artist. I miss him a lot. I remember when uh, Mark Bagley was leaving Ultimate Spider-Man and everybody was trying to figure out who the the artist that would replace him would be. I was beating the drum hard for Mike Waringo to replace him. That would have been great.
0: And apparently, uh, speeding and beating oh, the drum hard for, awesome. for uh, my, uh, Mike Ringo—that's how he got this job. Was by uh, Mister Drums, uh, Mister well, no. <laughs> uh, Glenn Greenberg. He, he was—he
3: was the drummer for for uh, Dan Buckley's band.
0: At, uh, <laughs> so. No, uh, 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 Glenn Greenberg actually said that uh, as soon as they were looking for, still looking for a new regular penciler. Uh, Dan Jer- or uh, Glenn Greenberg immediately began lobbying for Ringo. He showed Ralph the Spider Boy pencils and basically kept nudging him until he finally called Ringo to see if he'd be interested in becoming the new penciler. Mike accepted the assignment and Sensational finally had a new creative team in place. Mike, says,
5: oh, and his run is not very long, but it's it's, it's terrific.
0: Yeah, he, he does it well. He actually did through the end of the uh, volume. I think he did like the
4: last. No, not really, not really. Didn't he leave to, to, right? well, from like twenty five until thirty three, it was mostly fill ins. Right.
0: Oh.
4: Anyway, but continue on with Jordan. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, yeah, I was still sort of just sort of reminiscing about the guy for a minute, because <laughs> um, after his Fantastic Four run, he did uh, he did Friendly Neighborhood for a while, and he didn't. He actually really didn't enjoy working on that book. He admitted so he left. And then did uh, tell us after that. No, he did tell us before Fantastic Four. Okay. Um, and Gosh. then and then they had the whole thing where he was getting jerked around on Fantastic Four. We all know that infamous story, where uh, Bill Jemis wanted to replace, even though Mark Wade and Mike Waringo were doing great work, he wanted to replace them with uh, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa and uh, Steve McNiven. Yeah. I was and, not aware of that. And fans completely rioted.
0: Oh, dude, it was, dr- it was a big deal back then. By the, that <laughs> yeah, movie. and
4: during that, um, Waringo held out for a while, and so he wasn't doing the book for a bit. And then, like you know, his contract was in limbo. He, you know, it was it was a strange situation. But eventually, they came back and finished their. Run. He did a miniseries, I think, a Spider-Man Fantastic Four miniseries, and that was more or less it for his career. He also did the Superman at one point.
3: I forget which title.
4: Uh, Adventures of Superman. Okay. Yeah, that was before that was
3: before his Fantastic Four run. Gotcha. That was a really good Fantastic Four run. The only thing I didn't like about it was like how they dealt with Johnny Storm because they tried to do the whole like Johnny Storm has to grow up for the first time, even though he's been married and like you know <laughs> led yeah. teams and stuff like that. Well, to be, and, wrong, like, to, be, to be fair, Josh, they did wipe the board clean with Heroes Reborn. That's true. No, no, but then like they oh, came back and they had all their still, memories. Don't we? Uh, yeah, it's, they came I, back it's and
1: they had. Oh I, the,
3: the, there's like a scene where Johnny Storms like in a suit and a tie and he's like
1: I hate
3: dressing like this." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's like all you did was read the Lee Kirby run and then like nothing else." Did <laughs> he just like that for She-Hulk? Say uh, what?
5: And, and they the uh the dance lot miniseries series wasn't he in a suit and tie when he was like, trying to get with She-Hulk?
4: Probably. That was well after the Fantastic 4. <laughs> Dude. Anyway, alright, we're moving This Fantastic run started in like 2002. Yeah, this is. Okay. Yeah,
0: this is. Yeah. Because I remember, like, on the Elvira boards, they were, like, rioting over there on the Fantastic Four board.
4: Okay, anyway, the, I was trying to get somewhere before you guys interrupted <laughs> a million times, which is that uh, after he died in 2007, uh, they put together, like, a tribute issue in an issue of uh, Spider Man Family. Mm-hmm. And the villain they chose for that issue was the looter. because that was was Ringo's (laughs) favorite villain. Oh, man.
5: I I had to have seen that issue, but I don't don't remember it.
4: Yeah, it it was
0: actually really good, and they actually solved the mystery of the the second rock. I don't remember remember what the resolution was, but yeah, that was like their...
4: If I remember right, I think it was written by Todd DeZago, Mm -hmm. who, of course, was also like Mike's best friend, they they, they did tell him that kind of thing. And then uh, I think uh, Carl Kiesel might have been the penciler. Alex Ross did a a tribute to Ringo, and they did all of his characters,
5: including Spider-Boy. I thought that was really awesome.
4: Yeah, and then, of course, um, he had also died when he was working on a What If issue that had uh, the uh, the version of the Fantastic Four that had Spider-Man, the Hulk, Wolverine, and Ghost Rider. They, had, they, were doing a, they were doing a what if issue where those guys take it over full time, and I think he had done six pages before he, when he died. So the, the a bunch of his friends got together and finished it for free, and they did it as like a charity thing.
5: Mm. He died like like it was like a sudden like like he wasn't like he was sick right he died like suddenly right I think he no
4: had... he had a, he had an aortic dissection. Oh, which was it like a oh yeah, which is really severe. It's basically when your aorta just for lack of a better term just explodes mm, yeah so he died almost instantly mm. yeah yeah which is be- just- he was a really health focused guy and like you know he ate really well and stuff so it, it came as a shock to everybody absolutely the last person you would think would have developed a heart problem
5: but because it was it was right around it was right around like like the very like first couple of months I think of brand new day or like like or like around one more day and like when that happened it was like oh man because he he uh he's one he's one of my earliest Spider-Man artists
4: mm-hmm. so yeah we, my, Ringo we miss you wherever you are uh anyway d- enough of that heaviness back to this issue yes, right. um so so yeah so I have a lot of r- built up positive feelings for this so i'm gonna say even though it didn't have much weight or consequence to it i'm still gonna give this like
3: a like a b plus because i really enjoyed this
0: don did uh, josh did you give your uh grade i'm sorry
3: i didn't um i gave it a b plus
0: all right b plus out of gerard and and josh uh don give us your thoughts
5: Oh, I love this issue. This is this is exactly like...
0: Well, the, the more we've been
5: doing, like, kind of going wrong, Coastal Chronicles, the more it's kind of been going back to, like, how I first got into Spider-Man. And I got into it like like around the second half of, like, the Scarlet Spider, like, clone era with the Jack, like, you know, like a clone uh, Omega and all that kind of stuff. But I definitely collected sensational uh, when my parents gave me money to, to get this. And this was absolutely, like, one of those issues. Um, this is just so much fun. I mean... It is a lightweight issue, but like if you're a kid getting to Spider Man for the first time, it's incredibly uh, it's, it's just it's just the kind of issue you want you kinda of wanna read. You know, it's very yes. fun. The artwork is terrific, um, uh, the th- it is kind of threatening. You know, Spider Man gets knocked out, he's he's his own web web shooters are turned against him, which is something that I, I don't I don't see all the time. Um, but he's not like, you know, a dope. Like the moment he realizes what's going on, he's like, Oh yeah, how have I been here? And that's just awesome. Um, I love The Looter, like, based on this issue alone. Like, when, I, when we were doing classics and we got to The Looter, I was like, oh, I love The Looter, based on that uh, sensational issue. Um, the art, you know, Beringo hits the ground running. Like, we talked about Luke Ross and how he started off, you know, with that image of Martha Connors. Like, I mean, like, I don't think there's any, any, oh like, gosh. I don't think there's any, like, you know, a... uh, uh room for a ring I actually really like this 90s era of his artwork. I was going to ask Gerard about this because I know that he kind of like uh, he kind of straightens up uh in the 2000s, but like this stuff and his Robin stuff is like my favorite of his artwork. Uh, it's, a yeah. lot, it's a lot more bouncy and kind of
4: rounded off. It, it, it is a little cartoonier, yeah. When he when he got to Fantastic Four by time, by that point, it was a little more grounded. I mean, he was still yeah. one of the cartoonier artists out there, but you're right. It was a little more fleshed out, I think. I, I, I don't know which one I prefer, to be honest, because like, I love his Fantastic Four run so much. I think I tend to lean towards that. Uh,
0: he was a guy that was built for things like Fantastic Four and Spider-Man. Bombastic, big, um, open type of art. Because it, it, We talk about like how a lot of the artists, or especially Royal McClone Saga, kind of ape Bagley. Mm-hmm. This is very much a spiritual... Like successor to Bagley, it's a spiritual successor. Yeah, but it's it's not like a swiping or anything. Right. Like that.
4: right. No. 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 It's uh, By the way, by the way, Zach, if you want to see him applying that, you know, you said that he does well with big bombastic things. You need to see what he did on Fortellos. Great, great series. It was only about. It was only eight or nine issues, as I recall, maybe ten. But it was a big, like you know, fantasy adventure series. Wow. Uh,
0: I remember seeing, like, the in the house ads, this opening splash page. I'm thinking, ooh, who's that? Or it may have been, like, their open bulletins or whatever.
4: Uh, right. Mm-hmm.
0: Advertising this issue. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, he also,
5: I mean, he also just really applies well to, like, the idea of Spider Man. Like, I mean, to me, a Spider Man artist has to be able to draw Spider Man, like, jumping around and swinging very well. If he can't do that, then, like, he's kind of. Like, you know, don't waste my time. And I, I, quite frankly, a lot of modern Spider-Man artists, they're decent comic artists, but like, they're not great Spider-Man artists. That's why Ringo's in my top ten, because he really sells the idea of the character, while everybody else looks appealing and not ugly. Like McFarland. McFarlane.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: like, I, I like Todd McFarland. Spider-Man, nice. but like, the people don't look great. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I get this an unabashed, uh, you know, A, A. I just – there's nothing to dislike about this issue, and I just – you know, besides the whole nostalgia thing, it's just fun to read. Okay, so mm. we, got,
0: we got two B-pluses or B-minuses and an A. Uh, Ger- no, no, it was
4: B-pluses. Oh,
0: Don't shortchange me. Uh, B-plus for Gerard and Josh and A out of Dawn. Greg, what's your uh, thoughts and grades?
2: Um, I'm giving it an A also. I thought it was a really fun issue. I love the art in this, and um, for all the reasons that have been mentioned, it's just a fun little story. And sometimes it's all a comic book needs to be a fun little story, and the looter is really fun in this issue. And uh, my favorite part in the issue is when Ben asks him, why didn't you just steal the second meteor?" You know? I never thought of that. Now anyone who knows me knows I love my master villains with these master plans, but sometimes it's just fun to have someone come up with a convoluted plan when there was a very <laughs> easy alternative to it. I mean that's just a really fun little moment, in it, and that really makes the issue for me. Well, a lot of things make the issue for me, but 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 that just really got to me. I enjoyed that and um, the art is great and there's also an you notice there's a couple scenes where Ben's costume is drawn in gray, because it's in the shadows, and it kind of reminds me of the spider armor, but in a good way. I almost, yes. I, I'd almost like to see that as a, at least a temporary costume. I thought it actually looked pretty good. It it's, looks like the Marvelous the Capcom like color swap with the
5: spider
1: armor. Yeah,
2: it kind of does. You're going to you take it for a ride.
1: This
5: has around the time, too.
2: And I agree. Also, it's nice to see Peter, Ben, and MJ sort of as a trio. With MJ, just kind of yell, yelling at them or giving Ben, Ben this, you know, like, like you said, and what's so fun? And what do you think is so funny? It's just the way the characters play off of each other. But yeah, I give this show a, a solid A. The looter is fun and uh, a nice little uh, alternative to the. Uh, to uh, again, like I said, the master villains that I really like. A nice little commentary that sometimes you don't need to overthink these things.
0: All right. So my thoughts are: I, I mentioned that I saw. I used to see this on the house ads. I, this is one of those first issues that I think I memorized every panel. And I remember <laughs> when I got it, uh, I absolutely loved it. And I liked the looter. I thought he was goofy. Uh, I I'd never heard of the unicorn. Everybody else, like this, is like a kind of an introduction to the Marvel universe for me. All these characters at the time, I didn't have any idea who they were. Except for maybe Shocker, mm-hmm. so like it was kind of cool to to see oh, Shocker, man, Shocker, I'll chase <laughs> you to the ends of the earth. Anyway, uh, always a good time to bring that little chestnut back. Uh, this, the scene with Mary Jane and Ben is great. It's just great. Where I always felt like that, especially going back and reading it. Todd Dezago nailed the interplay between Ben and Peter. And this is one of those cases where you're like, yes. And, um, having you know been married myself and had a pregnant wife, uh, the the way that Mary Jane reacts on this issue is perfectly inlegi- uh, legitimate, you know, where she's being all nice one minute, but if you if you upset them, then they fly off the handle. <laughs> you know, um, um, when when Zago first got on the book. I remember, like,
5: a lot of us giving him a hard time for various reasons, but uh, by this point, because I mean, this is kind of the dog I remember, he kind of writes, like, fun stories for his artists, like, yeah.
1: mm-hmm.
5: like, do you think it was a gradual change, or do you think that, like, once Ringo got on the book, he kind of switched?
4: I feel like it was a gradual change, because if I were, I, I mean, you know my memory's bad, I'm trying to remember, but it, it, I think the reason his early issues were bad is because he tended to be really heavy-handed with exposition. Yes. And uh, that, that's the kind of thing that a writer sheds over time, just generally, where where they where they figure out, okay, I don't need all of this. I could just have the artist do, you know, et cetera. That's something you just figure out with more experience. And seeing as how he was a very inexperienced artist when he, or artist writer when he started, it, it seems like it would be a natural growth progression. It's one of those things where it's one of those things where they they said we were going to throw him out there and hope that he gets it out of his system, and thankfully he did. Because by th- by by this point, you know, th- yeah, Don is right. This is the writer he became for the rest of his career, and you see it right here.
0: And it's it's so interesting to look back on it from an analytical standpoint and say, yeah, this is th- how much of uh, how much growth you've seen with Dodd uh, Dizago, uh, because he was the rookie. I remember we we made fun of him pretty hard whenever uh, they made him the writer of like three of the four well, three of the six or three or four of the six parts of maximum clonage.
1: Oh yeah. old was here
0: on that time. <laughs> Young guy. Yeah. He was fairly, I, I don't know how old he was, but, uh, yeah, I, so obviously I'm giving this an a, um, because I, I just, I loved it. it the, the, the way Ben and, and MJ played off the Ben using his noggin, uh, this is if Dan Slott had written this issue, um, uh, Miles Morales would have had to come bail him out from the looter.
4: <laughs> I'm glad you yeah. brought Slot up because I was going to make a comparison here. Where remember when everybody when Slot was first announced to be coming onto Amazing Spider-Man?
1: Yes. I yeah. think what everybody thought. Years
4: in, ago. <laughs> I think what everybody thought in their heads they were getting was this, mm-hmm. where like they thought they were going to get like a, a of sensational kind of spider-man mm-hmm. it didn't turn out that well, way we, but we i thought
3: we were going to get spider-man human torch spider-man yeah <laughs> yeah even more specific but it was it, but that it was very those two are
0: very since sens- uh spiritual ancestors to each other well
5: it's also because like his his brand I, I i compared to like all the other writers i actually liked his brandon day work better than most so like you, you would have thought you got like you know kind of more straightforward stories akin to like the sensational stuff, but no, it
4: was a lot more selfish
5: writing.
1: <laughs>
4: well, t- well, to be fair, he was competing against, like, Bob Gale and Zeb Wells. It's not hard to beat those guys. Yeah. You know, the classics.
1: <laughs>
4: uh, we always pass into the current stuff, don't we? Um, you know, Bob Gale sure is lucky that he knew Robert Zemeckis, isn't he? <laughs>
1: yeah, he is. <laughs>
4: Jesus, has that guy been coasting on Back to the Future for his
3: whole life uh, they, they st- the only good story that he ever, Oh, well, actually he did he, he did a good story he did a good Back to the Future story in the comics that like answered a question that I've had about the movie for decades, I think we talked about that in the last we did. actually you brought, because we brought okay, to, to be fair, used cars was pretty good
4: there you go <laughs> the crickets because no one knows what the hell I'm talking about <laughs> Uh, but
0: no, I, I, I like the last page reveal, and then we get into next issue. ASM 415. Oh yes. And Greg, I think oh you, you've
2: got the recap on that. Yes, I do. Um, first I'm going to say there's really not much to this story; just a bunch of action scenes. But I still kind of like it. I mean, okay, we open with Peter and MJ in a cab on the on a bridge, and um.
1: Not, That's not, not the George watching
2: Rich. It's, it's the it's, it's The, the Queensboro. So it's Rich the first movie, and first I just say, look at that taxi driver's haircut. Look at it. <laughs> it's it's like it's like my hair in about ten years.
0: That's being generous, Zach. You can't eat me now. <laughs> the only person that ever makes fun of my hair is Gerard. I don't know why. He's obsessed with my hair. I don't know why why do you keep looking at my head, dude? That's weird.
4: <laughs> well, you know, I just like to tweak you over. It's friendly. It's friendly, Ribbit You know, I love you. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So
2: they're on the Queens. So they're on the Queensboro Bridge, heading into the city. When a gigantic sentinel lands on the city and says, "This series of sentinels is made of plastics, not metals. Your magnetic powers are useless
1: against <laughs> us." <laughs>
2: Points if you get that reference, and I think almost everybody here does. Uh,
1: yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay no no it declares <laughs> the city sorry it declares this that onslaught is declared martial law law in manhattan and mary jane asks who or, or what is onslaught and peter has the correct response to this don't know don't care
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so he so the sentinel starts blasting them because he recognizes that peter has powers and peter gets mj out of there and we got a bit of an escape scene. Sentinels have taken over the city. Peter uses his powers openly to rescue a a kid from being trampled because people are too busy running from the Sentinels to even notice. And we get a scene at the Daily Bugle where the building's shaking and we get, we have an, because it's being attacked by Sentinels who have cut the power and we have a nice little subplot through the issue where jameson says you know we're going to keep reporting this you know this is what journalists do even in the middle of a war zone we're going to bring we're going to bring the story to the public even if we have to handle even have we have to write these papers by hand and deliver them in person and ben leaves it. Again, like I said, not much happens. Ben leaves the Daily Grind and the take on the Sentinels, and we've got a lot of cameos here. We've got a cameo from the uh, Phil Yurich Green Goblin, who um, is now currently – sp- I don't even know what he's doing right now.
4: He's fighting the Sentinel because the Sentinel's threatening
2: New York. I mean right now. It <laughs> <laughs> has nothing to do with this. I mean we'll talk – Later, character assassination has nothing to do with this, but do with this. So, we've got it's just a bunch of action sequences and really well drawn action sequences. Like I said, there's not much here. Peter arrives at the Bugle. He's going to go out with a camera and try to do something. Of course, he's going to end up helping out because even though he's not wearing a costume now, he's still Spider Man.
1: Yeah.
2: And like I said, there's really not much to this. It's just like one gigantic ac- action sequence with a lot of great scenes involving Jonah.
4: Yeah, I think you're underselling it a little bit, Craig. We'll get to that.
0: You, for, you forgot the most important cameo of the entire book.
2: <laughs> Did I? The good goblin. I just said that. No, <laughs> Zach, what are you sleeping at the wheel? He no, talked I, about. I was,
4: was falling
0: along. I'm sorry.
4: Is <laughs> <laughs> it the good goblin?
5: Uh, is, that, is that his nickname?
4: The good goblin. Call him the good
5: goblin. Yeah, that's what they call him, Spider shit.
4: Girl, right? Girl? No, they just yeah. he was the golden goblin. Well, well,
3: yeah, but but. But May said, you were the good goblin, and you well, good, go- good is hardly the word for it. Well, I was the good- mediocre at this.
2: Well, the good goblin, you get some alliteration there, so why not? Yeah. It, wouldn't be the, it wouldn't be the worst name for a character.
0: So, all right. Um, Gerard, I want to have you go first, because I think you can ex- maybe try to explain to the listeners what Onslaught was.
4: Oh dear, okay. Um, Onslaught was a, an X-Men event that was going on during this time. Uh, I, I think maybe two years or so earlier, they had a tease, where Juggernaut yeah. got flung across the country, just randomly, and then you know a bunch of them were like, I think it was like Psylocke and Angel were on some adventure, and he just lands near them, and you're like, well, what the hell happened? And he just goes, Onslaught! And from there, it was all a big mystery what the hell he was talking about.
2: The writers didn't even know what the hell he was talking about.
4: <laughs> well, at that point, it was just uh, early to mid '90s X-Men would just throw things out there. With, with they wouldn't even know the solutions to them. They would just throw out things and then figure it out as they went. Maverick.
2: Doesn't <laughs> that sound familiar? I mean, what are we? What have we been covering on this podcast for the past four <laughs> years?
4: <laughs> I, I mean, Cable is a famous one. They had no idea what his story was when he show, first showed up to the point where they used him on the cartoon before they even had a backstory. So watch that first season. <laughs> it it doesn't make any sense at all. But, um, I'm the wild man of Bordeaux. Uh, so, during this time period, uh, Onslaught had really cooked up. We started to, to get the impression of like what his powers were and things. I don't remember if the actual reveal had happened yet at this point in our reading, but Yes, it has. Okay, long story short, uh, when Professor X had uh, disabled Magneto's mind way back, I think it was X-Men 25, whatever oh, it was. This, yeah. uh, apparently, he had taken remnants of Magneto's personality with him. So, Onslaught was essentially a merging of Professor X and Magneto. That's why onslaught kind of looked like Magneto if you looked at his armor design and such. Yeah. And uh, so I don't even remember what onslaught's end goal was. Do you even remember? <laughs> well, in Marvelous
5: the first one I think I don't know. No, the first one was
0: Apocalypse. I think his end game was to uh, eliminate all superpower power beings but himself and rule the world
4: whatever it was something stupid um but at at this point all of the heroes you know fantastic four avengers x-men were starting to band together to finally defeat him because it had grown beyond just being an x-men event had just sort of become like a more of a line-wide thing um they never
2: have those again
4: (laughs) they kept spider-man out of it because jesus christ would that have really been (laughs) i mean spider-man had enough convoluted problems at this stage of time so other than these little uh onslaught impact stories that was about the extent of Spider-Man's involvement as I recall Yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah. This was all, and tying in the Fantastic Four and the Avengers and such was a mechanism to actually reboot those series with Heroes right. Reborn and all that stuff which I guess we'll end up getting to but Sounds it kind of t- ties to Spider-Man in a, in a strange roundabout way because after Onslaught wrapped up and all, you know, the whole aftermath started. During this time, Graydon Creed was also running for president, which will be referenced in the ASM four sixteen, I believe. <laughs> and uh, in the aftermath of Onslaught, he started to be kind of investigated by J Jonah Jameson. So it actually J- Jonah became like a supporting character in the X Men books for a little while. Spider Man would show up occasionally.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, he. Uh... You're not my father. You're not my
2: father.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wrong continuity there uh, yeah <laughs> Greg. yeah um oh boy yeah so um suffice to say onslaught was a giant clusterfuck from start to finish well no, no okay maybe not the start at the start it was actually kind of interesting it started to really become a cluster f right around the time they revealed what the what the deal was but uh afterwards it just it grew from being sort of a, a sort of a, a omniprint menace to just being a big mid 2000s style marvel event and that's when it got off the rails and became the terrible story that is known for being today
5: yeah this is the beginning of the end for the x-men of the 90s right like after this like isn't the chuck awesome thing coming up soon
4: no not even close um <laughs> after this it was they, they realized onslaught was kind of a success financially and so it became Uh-oh. a thing where they would, yeah, you know where this is going. <laughs> yeah, paying, so they started doing this every year. We're still paying for it to this day. Operation Zero Tolerance was the next year, and then something else.
2: Hell <laughs> yeah. year after
4: that, and then... I
2: remember all these. I remember all these.
4: <laughs> you couldn't just ruin the X-Men, because this also ruined the Fantastic Four and the Avengers books, because those got rebooted, and Heroes Reborn was an unmitigated disaster. Yeah. So they had to... Reboot the reboot, that, that's... <laughs> which let which
5: let the heroes return. <laughs> Michael Bailey's view from the box covered a lot of those heroes, uh, whatever titles like, like the Iron Man, the Fantastic Four, and the the, the kind of American ones. And they're they sound wacky.
4: Oh, they were. Let's put it this way: Marvel had such a poor grasp of those characters in this in this time period that they outsourced those books to Image. Yeah. So Heroes Reborn, or, or uh, the Fantastic Four, I think was a uh, Jim Lee yeah. and uh, uh, whoever his co-writer was at the time. Ah. I forgot.
2: Brandon Wait, Joy? Let me cut in for just one second. Listeners, if you haven't seen it, Google Heroes Reborn, Rob Liefeld, Captain America.
4: Yes, that's where Captain America with the tits comes from. <laughs> uh, Captain America. Because uh, Rob Liefeld was the artist on Captain America. And, uh, and uh, another
0: been, book. He's on the Avengers,
4: too. Yeah, so he did Captain America and the Avengers. Uh, Jim Lee had Fantastic Four, and I believe Will Sportacio had Iron Man. Yeah, he, Thor's costume was so ugly.
5: He gave him like a gigantic, like log shaped dog on his <laughs> oh costume. My
4: oh my god, isn't that the one where he didn't even have a shirt? He just sort of had like metal plates covering his nipples. Yes, <laughs> yep. <laughs> With like He-Man straps. Oh my god. That. Let's put it this way, folks. If you think the Clone Saga was bad, the Clone Saga is Citizen Kane next to. <laughs> <laughs> okay so like, I know I've talked some trash about the Clone Saga. If this is a Heroes Reborn podcast, I probably would have killed myself by now because it, 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 those stories are unreadable. Unreadable. Never read them if you ever. Have, if someone puts a copy of those books in front of you, punch them in the face, please.
3: Gerard must it, it only lasted like a year or something like that. Yeah, it was well, it,
4: oh, it lasted a year and then the cycle had cuz now they had to reboot that. And Hero's Return was was choppy and, and awful, because now they suddenly have to explain
3: bringing them all back. And then they had also still rebooted the continuity. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. The continuity wasn't... Re- because from what I understand, like, in Heroes, Return... Was that also Born, teenage Tony Stark? It's like, they were sent to, like, another sure dimension, and they were, like, given, like, new lives and new memories. But when they come back in Heroes' Return... They have their original memories of the 616 back, like, mm-hmm. and... But only, Loki, only,
5: only Loki knew about the original 616, I think, or something like that. Uh, they, it's
4: not quite that simple, because they did still retain several rebooted elements.
3: Yes. Well, they, they retained the elements, but, like, but they're not, and like... They
2: trying to shield and, then they,
3: and then they quietly ignored
2: it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> like, they, they haven't lost their memories of the 616 when they come back, though, because I read Fantastic Four, and, like, they reference things like, oh, uh, you know, uh, the uh, uh, what was that team? Um, what was the team that Norman Osborne eventually led? The, the Thunder? Oh, the Thunderbolts took our old base, and Johnny Storm's like, hey, hey, I haven't seen my alien ex-wife since we came back to this reality. I wonder what happened to her. Oh well, let me not. Josh, you're missing the point time. I'm trying to make. I'm not saying it was
4: a hard reboot or, anything, or that they didn't remember anything. I'm saying they played fast and loose with what they would reference and what would actually count. So, uh, like. Things like who had like like whether or not Franklin had powers was 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 a was a big one right. that they've still to this day kind of go back and forth on that kind of thing, um, which ties to Onslaught actually because I remember Onslaught captured Franklin for part of his scheme yes. for some reason. Yeah,
0: on the Onslaught Marvel Universe, which I'll talk about a little bit after we get done with uh, seventy two. Let's go ahead and do uh, P, uh, Adjective of seventy two, and then we'll. Whoa
4: hold on a second. We didn't actually discuss this issue yet. Oh God. <laughs> You asked me to explain onslaught, which is quite a, a foxhole. <laughs> like why I don't know why you would want me to do that, but okay. Hopefully, you kind of got the impression of what a what a mess of a story that was.
1: Okay.
4: So wisely, they kept out of it other than these. Now, talk to, okay.
2: all right. Are you done? I was
4: going to say. All that being said. I really like the Spider-Man comics. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're fun. <laughs> because they do what the story what the Onslaught story didn't do, which is give you an impression of like the the effects that this was having on like New York City and things like that. Right. So when Greg was saying that there was nothing happening in this story, I kind of disagreed with him because what it did was it was showing on like a below Try to imagine like the battle happening on a lower level than that. You have how citizens are reacting to it and such. And then you have characters that, you know, J. Jonah Jameson, uh, uh, Shirley, Devon, and all the people at the daily grind, etc. And then showing how they cope with this stuff to give you an impression of what the impact of the onslaught story itself is. And onslaught did that very poorly. <laughs> So this was act, in a, in a sense like a really necessary tie-in, because at the very least it gave you an idea of what the scale was. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of thing that people complain about with uh, the the current DC movies and how they're just destruction fests, but they never give you an impression of what's actually going on on the ground level.
0: They attempted to in that Batman v Superman v
2: Road versus Wave, but
4: right, right, right. But in in like Man of Steel, it, it, yeah. that's the kind of thing that's going on in this story. This is the. Thorshack
2: versus Doctor Manhattan.
5: <laughs> did um, you say Batman v Superman v Vote vs Wade <laughs> yes. that's, that's a
3: running gag is
1: that, is that the second yeah, Batman and is
3: Superman the, just like spend that whole third act in the movie arguing about abortion It's really bizarre <laughs> <laughs> I was like why did I tell to it see it? this <laughs> <laughs> I was
1: making... Martha, why did
5: you say that name it's, it's my baby <laughs>
4: oh, no. so, so yeah unfortunately this is also Bagley's last issue
5: yeah what? He does not have it at all.
4: No, this is great artwork. Um, and the uh, other stuff that I kind of liked, I like the baby-related stuff in this, mm-hmm. with, with the gags about boy or girl, and then the whole thing with the sentinel recognizing that the the baby is an enhanced human, which is nice. Which for Spider Girl fans is a nice little uh, nod right there.
1: Yeah.
4: Also, notice it didn't say it was a mutant. In case you're one of the people that makes that argument. Um, my, my one uh, nitpick, nitpicky as hell negative that i got to bring up, because Zach likes when I do this, is uh, New York geography screw-ups.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that happens all the time in these things.
4: There's a big one in this one. Um, it says that uh, the Daily Grind is uptown and to the west from the from the Daily Bugle, which is complete and utter nonsense, because the Daily Bugle <laughs> mid- is in Midtown, and uh, the Daily Grind is, like, around where ESU's campus is, which is, like, in Washington Square Park area. But anyway, that's just me. I actually really like this one. I'm going to give it a B plus.
5: All right, B plus on that one. Don. Uh, again, I love this issue. I've never read it before. I've never, I've, I've never had anything to do with like Heroes Are Born or Onslaught or anything like that. I've just heard about it, uh, you know, in the annals of history. Um, but it's badly, it's ASM. And like like Gerard said, I really like seeing Spider Man. I mean, not not all of like Spider Man tie in issues of like other crossovers are great. Um. Like, like, I don't like any of the Inferno stuff I've read about Spider-Man or Daredevil, really. Uh, but I thought this was really good. I love seeing both Peter, Mary Jane, and Ben separately deal with this. I thought that was really cool. Um I, I, am, I am a sucker for, like, Spider-Man costume changing scenes because he, his costume is so cool that, like, whenever he puts a mask on, it just looks cool to me. And, like, Bagley just, like, makes one for the ages. I wish I had a poster of, like, that panel of him pulling the mask on. And, of course, you know, Shirley becomes, you know, a floating head of guilt
1: <laughs> <laughs>
5: with with Ben jumping in action. But it's just... Again, the artwork really carries it, but I think it's solid, solid stuff. I think that it's a great dilemma to put Peter, and Mary Jane in that doesn't demand for them to like you know stick their nose in where it doesn't belong. Um, I like the Beagle stuff. I like you know you know every now and then they kind of you know uh, get on, kinda all hoi to like you know oh the honorable reporter must do everything. Like they, they kind of do that a lot, but I like where it leads. So I like I like the scene here, and I always like you know keeping Jonah and the Beagle in here. Although I'm sure Jackson's going to talk talking about you know why is Jonah telling them what to do when Robbie runs the show? But whatever.
3: Um, I don't yeah, love, uh, why, why is Jonah telling them what, what to do? Can when I Robbie go runs before
2: Josh show? then?
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I don't love whenever comics lazily just have people lose their minds because comics like, you know, maximum carnage or like, you know, ah, oh, we're going to break your head. It's, it's like people, not like that way. Um, I know people like lose their eyes, but like you know, then like they, like gleefully turning like to like Mister Zazz is kind of stupid. Um, but the artwork's great. I love Ben ripping through the uh, the Sentinel's head, and I give it
0: an A. All right, so an A for Don Greg. Since you want to go before Josh, go ahead and go.
4: <laughs> wow. And then not. And then he's not ready. <laughs> well,
3: we're waiting. Greg. Wake up, I'm so waiting. Make- so,
4: Josh, what did you think of I
3: forgot, I forgot to unmute the mic. I forgot to <laughs> unmute the mic. <laughs> I was, was going to try and do a Greg impression in another 10 seconds. <laughs> All right, I apologize. Uh, okay, I, I really no. Those like Sendels wrecked that building more than Jeff Loeb, you know, wrecked ABC <laughs> with agents of, uh, or what was it, a uh, uh, special <laughs> snowflake in the sh-
1: Squad
2: <laughs> in, in my defense, when was the last time I've even
3: referenced that? You've been better about that lately. Well done.
1: Yes.
3: Well, that's why it's an impression. It's, it's, yes, it's a caricature. Indeed,
2: indeed. <laughs> and, and speaking of caricatures, I mean, Jameson does not come off as one in this. I mean, every now and then we get the noble Jameson, and and that, and this is right here. And there are times when I think when you veer between one Jameson and the other. Other, it's. I mean, the perfect middle ground exists. But in times of a real crisis like this, I do like it when Jameson finds his nobility and does become the noble reporter like this. I do enjoy it when he's stopped when he isn't doing the whole William Ra- <laughs> William Randolph Hearst thing.
0: Or Stan Lee from the nineteen sixties.
2: <laughs> or Stan Lee from the nineteen sixties. I and I. And on a more personal note as well, Onslaught for me was the story that broke the illusion. I mean, I always knew that these were books that were dictated by sales, that were dictated by writers and editors. And I, I knew that, that on an intellectual level, but Onslaught was when the Marvel Universe stopped feeling like it could be a real place to me. You know, Just you know I had a similar thing.
4: I kind of, I agree with you.
2: Just because, I, again, I saw the fingerprints all over the place of the sales department. I mean, even the Clone Saga up until this point didn't quite do that. I was still able to buy into this because, I mean, granted, I didn't think that Ben was the original Spider-Man. I was like, okay, where's this going? Where's this going? Because I read the entire Clone Saga, and I also read the all of Onslaught at the time. And like I said, Onslaught broke illusion. what uh, was there a similar thing there you said? I was going to say, I,
4: I think I can, I can point out exactly what the difference was, which is Onslaught was heavily branded. Like, like, look at the cover of this issue. There's a big thing it says Onslaught, Impact, Stage 2, or whatever it is. All of the Onslaught books had stuff like that, or, like, the little thing in the corner. It's like, Onslaught continues in this issue. It was kind of like what eventually they would do with the Civil War in, like, 2006, right. where, uh-huh. it, where it was heavily branded. I don't recall the Clone Saga ever being branded like this. No, I think, was
2: Inferno branded like this?
4: They uh, yes,
3: it was. it was. And Inferno yeah, that- had a little thing in the top, like left-hand corner. Yeah, but but,
4: but, it, but but it wasn't to the heavy-handed
3: extent Onslaught
2: was. Yeah, I mean, I, I did enjoy Inferno. It was dumb, but it didn't break the illusion for me. So, but I did. But but again, that being said, I do think this is a pretty solid issue. And Yeah, I know I said not too much happens in it. But well, not too much happens that personally engages me. But on a on a subjective level, on an objective level, yeah, this is a uh, pretty solid. And I do get what you're saying. I do like seeing the impact it makes on people, people because it's nice to see these big how these big events affect the little guys, so to speak.
4: And Spider-Man's a good conduit for that. Oh, if, yeah. you're not, if you're not going to have him take uh, actually actively involved in onslaught, that's a good. Uh, yeah. I
2: mean, Spider-Man, Spider-Man is quintessentially New York. I mean, he really is. So that's the character you you do this with. You can't really do this. I mean, the Avengers are just so big. Sort of the Fantastic Four. Spidey is the everyman. That's his archetype, and that's why the story works for him as well. And it's nice seeing the good Goblin one more time before. Shit goes down with them Yep. <laughs> before before the real goblin comes back.
0: <laughs> so, Greg, what's your what's your grade?
2: Uh, I'll give it an A minus. All right. It, it, it was pretty solid, and once again, Mark Bagley. Good night, sweet prince. Although his run on Thunderbolts is really awesome.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, Josh, your thoughts?
3: Uh, the my first like impression openness was gosh that Mark Bagley art is gorgeous. And when you have one of these event wide crossovers, I don't like it when I'm like binging a book sometimes, and um, you know, like, and the The crossover's coming on. Well, that in the arc sucks, but I mean, like, when I'm binging a like, let's say I'm reading like a book from like you know that ended five or ten years ago, and I'm like binging it, and all of a sudden I'm like needing a storyline and a subplot. And then I have to like stop it for you know an issue because they're dealing with some crossover that's very very inconsequential, and you could practically skip the issue. I don't feel that this did that this issue was that though. I feel like this issue intertwined you know Spider Man's cast, mm-hmm. um, both of the Daily Grind and the Daily Bugle, and how it was affecting them. And you got the character interactions and Desiree and stuff like that. Um, no adjective Spider-Man is another story, but we'll get to that one soon enough, won't we?
1: We will. Um,
3: yeah, I really miss Mark Backley. And yeah, like Don said, you know, um, I guess nobody else, you know, remembers Amazing Spider-Man 251 when it came out and like that epic scene, you know, at the end where Jonah steps down from the bugle and hands it over to Robbie (laughs) because that's, you know, I mean. It's okay. I mean, I guess I guess that issue never happened, and we'll just pretend that it never uh, existed. But yeah, that's one of those drums that I'll beat forevermore.
1: Uh, you know,
3: I do like Noble, Jonah. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Zach.
0: Say it. <laughs> continuity cop. Continuity cop. Uh, anyway, moving on.
3: Yeah, continuity cop. You're under arrest. You know, <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man for breaking your own continuity. And, and I like seeing um, the Phil Urich Goblin for one of the you know final times before because I was reading his series and like it's during Onslaught where he loses his powers and goes off to never be seen again, and uh, <laughs> and he never was until Spider-Girl. Until Spider-Girl, the only place that he was ever seen again at all. <laughs> yes. Although, although, actually, it's uh, people are going to hate me for this. If you read his original series, like, ignoring Spider-Girl, if you just read his original series, you could totally see how he could become a villain. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a lot harder after reading Spider-Girl where he's such a good guy. But his original series, he is kind of, you know, an ambiguous, you know, jerk.
2: Yeah, I think the last time I saw him was in that Hobgoblin miniseries that came out a couple of years ago for, um, uh, what was it called? What was that event called?
3: Access or something? Yeah, Access. Um, remember that one? I actually, yeah, yeah. The, the, Mini, the miniseries though. that ends with Roger is asking Rodger Kingsley to join the Avengers because that's totally something that actually happened and is in continuity, like. <laughs> Roger Kingsley was invited to join the Avengers what the heck Marvel <laughs> let's be
4: honest the characters haven't been true to their sources since like Avengers Disassembled yes.
2: uh, since well, 1965 Roderick, <laughs> well Roger Kingsley had his D&D alignment chart completely reversed <laughs>
1: no,
3: okay but, uh, I, I, under, I understood what that meant
2: <laughs>
0: the opposite of the uh, Captain America I understood that reference
3: um, a- <laughs> I used that recently, <laughs> but in any case, um, you know this. This is crossovers done the right way. If you're going to take over a book, at least like you know, make it make it a character study of like how these people are reacting to the event.
2: Yeah, the other tie-ins so, were so not. This as is good an as this. Yeah, it is. The other tie-ins were nowhere near as good as this. I think Gerard will agree with me on that one. I mean, oh, no question. The,
0: the scene where where. Jonas being uh, well, uh, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll go into that in a minute. Jonas, oh
3: no, no, I gave it an A. Okay, all
0: right, an A. All right, so an A. I'm giving this an A plus. I loved it. <laughs> I this is one of my all time favorite issues. Uh, I, the, the the Peter Parker section. Uh, Peter almost steals the show, and then. Honestly, Jonas steals the show on this issue. Uh, the, the part where he's like, not gonna lie, the situation's bad. and getting worse. I realize many of you are worried about your families. Go home if you must. I won't think any less of you, and uh, your paychecks won't be docked. <laughs>
4: yeah, that's good. <laughs> Men, it's been an honor to serve beside is that speech. Yeah, I'm staying. No
0: metal monster can stop the Daily Bugle from reporting the news.
3: <laughs> yes, it can. As, as, Betty, as Betty Brandt runs like a linebacker to the
1: door. Look at the ghost! Betty we die, we die with honor. And in <laughs>
5: <and then, laughs> <and then,
1: laughs> the
5: same
0: page, he's like...
5: <laughs> they're like, <laughs>
3: well done.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> M- Mulan reference. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, in the same page, he's they're like, uh, boss, uh, there's a fight going on outside. He's like, oh! That miserable, miserable web swinging fool is the only only going to increase our danger by the, the antagonizing the sentinel. I'm like ah, there's there's Jonah. Ah, uh,
4: <laughs> this. Yeah, I, I I love when they do derail Jonah getting all sappy to just have him snap back to being Jonah again. <laughs> yeah, that, those are always the best moments. That's the that's one of my favorite bits from Spider-Man 2 is when he's uh <laughs> when he's giving that whole thing like ah. Uh,
1: Spider-Man was,
3: Spider-Man was a good guy. He was this. He was a crook, a thief.
1: <laughs>
3: he stole my suit. <laughs> uh, Tell him not to open the oh. caviar. Uh,
0: but uh, yeah, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed this issue. I I enjoyed all the the scenes with with um, with Shirley becoming the floating head of guilt, uh, and Desiree. That really sold. Cemented to me that the Daily Grind cast it, it. It had been mostly cemented, but that like finished cementing that I I really like that cast. I like the whole interaction. I like I like Ben. I like Ben taking the reins and saying, you know, I'll lock the door outside. You guys stay safe. And
3: how, how old
0: do you think um
5: uh what's that kid's name Devin Devin. How old do you think he is now? Like, like if he were to appear again in Ben's upcoming series,
2: probably he'd, appear, he'd be he'd be even younger than he was.
3: Here. <laughs> <He's> just, <laughs> no, he probably, I would say he'd be like an ambiguous, like, you know, late teenage age. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that I agree with. The, the I agree. The, the real,
2: Devin's really getting big now. Soon, I won't be able to carry him on my shoulders.
0: Oh my god! All right, he <laughs> know how do you wrestle him? So, A plus for me. Uh, outside of Gerard, who gave it a B plus, this was all A's. So, <laughs> well, jeez. <laughs> no, when a B plus is the lowest grade, you know it's a good issue,
3: guys. <laughs> You're but so negative, like- Gerard, with your Bs and all.
4: Yeah, <laughs> when I was writing, I was writing in my little notes. I usually like right before we go on. I usually scribble down what the letter grades are. Yeah. Because I, I try not to do it immediately, and I'm, I'm writing B plus for this, thinking, oh no, everyone else is gonna hate this issue. I know it.
3: <laughs>
4: Boy, was I wrong? No, I, I like this issue a lot.
5: We're, we're, we're solid in like the Spider Man era, where like we, we have more. St- it's rare to have a horrible issue, I think.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, oh, I mean, you you missed the um, you missed our redemption recording. I think all of us gave it an A plus, right, Zach?
2: Yeah. Oh, I felt so bad about missing that out. In, in
3: fairness, there was only like three of us. Yeah.
2: C- <laughs> Can I retroactively give Redemption an A-plus as well? Because I wanted to be there, but I had things <laughs> going on, and I love that story.
0: Sure, why not? Yeah. <laughs> Redemption is great. Uh, 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 Don, do you want to give a, a retroactive grade to Redemption?
5: Uh, F. No, uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Strike uh, that from the record. Uh, <laughs> I love it. this man. I did read it uh, the day of. I, I give it an A. Okay, sweet. So it's a universal Especially, especially the first issue. Yeah, the first issue is awesome. Anyway, uh... Now we're moving on to Spider- Adjectiveless Spider-Man number 72.
4: I hate calling it that because the word Adjectiveless is itself an adjective. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Spider-Man number 72, which I guess the title is The World's Gone Mad. It's written by uh, Howard Mackey, penciled by John Romita Jr., inked by Al Williamson, and colored by Kevin Tinsley. All right, so... Uh, we begin right from where last issue left off. Peter had uh, commandeered a camera from the Daily Bugle because he wants to go out and take photos, mostly as a cover. So he could do Spider-Man things, of course. So he crawls to the top of a building and he sees that the Sentinels are just walking amok throughout the streets of New York. Walking, walking amok. <laughs> I can't say they're running because they don't run. They're Sentinels. Um, <laughs> they're, they're looking for uh, mutants and enhanced humans. I guess they made the distinction because otherwise Spider-Man wouldn't be in any danger. Uh, and by the way, uh, they're noticeably more uh, bulky than the way uh, Bagley drew them. <laughs> yes, they
2: are. Taller too. Yeah. And
4: uh, I hate to say this, but Bagley
3: was actually wrong there. They're supposed to look like this. Right. Um, but anyway, uh, and of course the citizens well, are all. Have you seen them in their first appearances? Like they're they're not that big. Well, yeah, they're like yeah.
4: humans. They're almost they're not quite human size but they're only slightly bigger right if i remember right yeah Yeah. but anyway uh yeah yeah. so uh of course uh peter's up on the roof watching all the the chaos happening in front of him when suddenly uh spider-man swings by and of course he has to have his internal uh monologue thinking about how strange it is that uh spider-man's going by but uh eventually uh Uh, the sentinels kind of get the better of him by cutting his web line and he drops to the ground so peter realizes yeah you know i should probably help him out here so uh we go down to street level where ben is fighting the sentinels throwing cars at him and all sorts of crazy things like that but they're they're kind of getting the best of him and one of them is getting ready to crush him when suddenly peter's you, you know he begins a distraction throws something at one of them you know gets his attention that gives ben the opportunity to Then blind the sentinel and save Peter, so they're sort of helping each other out at this point. Uh, The two of them swing away, and then as the sentinels pursue, they drop down and hide in a smokestack.
1: (laughs) The (laughs) very place of their first kiss.
2: (laughs) Well done, Don. So so it's that incestor masturbation. Oh my god. (laughs) It's winning. Depends on which depends on
4: which fanfic you read. Greg. Oh, okay. Anyway, continue, I <laughs> Um So they drop the smokestack. Ben is uh, is hurt because his back has been uh, quite singed by the sentinel's blast, and uh, they start having some uh, dialogue talking about uh, smokestacky things. When they realize that, of course, there's a way out through the bottom. They pull up, uh, you know, the little grate that leads into. It looks like the sewers, which. How's that possible? <laughs> smoke stacks? That's not that's not physically possible because smokestacks lead from things that generate smoke.
1: <laughs> like, that's why
4: they exist
3: <laughs> to, to vent smoke. But anyway, so
1: they don't
4: tell
3: me what I know about smokestacks.
4: <laughs> so they drop down to the sewers, and uh, Ben gives Peter his web shooters so that Peter can use them to get past the sentinels, hmm. while Ben uh, grabs a pipe. This is not a good trade, Ben.
2: He gave uh, him one web shooter. Yeah. Yes,
4: you're right. I was about to say, actually, correcting my about to correct myself. He did give him one web shooter. I guess uh, two web shooters versus one web shooter and a pipe. I don't know quite of who got the better of the exchange right there. But anyway, <laughs> the pipe is actually quite useful because he's using it to, to chop off one of the Sentinel's hands and then throws it through the head of another one as three Sentinels are converging on him. Uh, once again, the Sentinels start kicking his ass. This Ben is much less confident than the one from uh, ASM-415, I've noticed. When Peter suddenly reappears to actually help him. And, uh, yeah, Peter's kicking ass here. He uh, he pulls the uh, head off of one of the Sentinels, and he swings it around and smacks the other one with it as I accidentally hit my uh, little communicator. (laughs) I
1: hope I can hear
3: the sound effect. Uh, What is it, Zordon? (laughs) Why does Zordon look like
0: Brian Cranston?
3: Uh... (laughs)
4: Yeah, Botox. (laughs) I am the head that floats. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually pretty good, Craig. Well done. Um, So yeah, the two of them together, man, or let's be honest, Peter does all the work, (laughs) defeat the Sentinels and they run off into the tunnels to uh, continue the fight, I suppose. Which they don't continue.
0: (laughs) At no point do they appear in Onslaught Marvel Universe. Oh, yeah. I, have. Cold. Well,
5: fair I mean, they, they don't say that they do. Don't miss the unforgettable final battle that they are in.
2: Oh, it's very <laughs> forgettable. It's a very forgettable final battle. Oh. Yeah, I,
0: it was like the power of love defeats an Onslaught or some crap like that.
4: <laughs> love? <laughs> Who's been
0: screwing with this? <laughs> <laughs> Huey Lewis, Lewis is playing in the background.
1: the power.
0: Oh, give me an excuse to uh, use that as the oh. outro music now. Uh, don't need money. Don't take fame. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's start with... Let's start with Don. Okie
5: okay, dokie. Okay. Well, I mean, I really liked ASM 415. Uh, the story it was telling. Basically, you know, how, how do Spider-Mens and Mary Jane and the Bugle, like, deal with this, uh, Sentinel thing. And this, to me, is kind of like, if you can imagine, like, uh... Like an episode of, of a you know a '90s cartoon show where there's a two-parter, and then like part one and part two have different animation teams and different directors and writers. And it's the same story, but you know it kind of feels different. It's kind of like that where like it's the same. It's, it's not the same story, but it's continuing the story, but the feel is different because obviously it's a different writer, different artist. It's it's more serious than Sensational and ASM, but I like this kind of serious Spider-Man, um, and I like this issue. Uh, I think that i think the colors are kind of drab but beyond that uh there's some great if geometrically questionable shots of like uh spider-man's head and how jr jr draws him yeah. um i think there's some great action beats i just love how jr has spider-man do action like, i love how he just kind of shoots the web and he kind of splats over the the Sentinel's face um i love their banter i, I love uh like them in the smokestack and he's like oh next what's next you know my parents came back and turned into life model decoys and like Spears smacks the back of his head. <laughs> um, I, I like, I like, I like even like the image of him like yanking like the kind of the crate looking thing off into like the tunnel or whatever. It looks kind of cool, and um, I like the scene where Ben is waiting with the with like the, the kind of pipe, and like he's in the shadows, and ostensibly Peter is thinking in the inner monologue. I don't, you know, I don't belong here. I never did. He's Spider Man. He's the original. He's a hero. But knowing what we know now about like Ben Riley, I think that's that's interestingly to, interesting to read, like with the full context. Considering you know Ben was a clone, and it's, and it's almost I don't know if that was intentional, but it, it reads interestingly. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Josh is sending me a shit ton of pictures. Um, so, but I, I think that this is a really enjoyable story. I think that this is uh, pretty solid. Almost kind of short, but um, I, I, I give it an A. I think it's another another solid one for the month.
0: Uh, let's go with, um, so you gave that an A. Uh, let's do Gerard. What are your thoughts on this?
4: Um, I'm going to give it the same as I gave the other issue, which is a B+. Um, I, I think Don kind of hit it on the head, which is that this is a very different kind of issue from the other one, despite the fact that they're nominally sort of doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. This one's much more action focused. I don't, you don't even see the supporting cast at any point. It's just a Peter and Ben story. Right, but uh, at the same time I don't think it's any less valid than the other one or any less or any more poorly executed I, I just think they're both very good if very different versions of the same story. I actually really like that they're not similar mm-hmm. because if they were then it would feel redundant right. so it actually it, there's a reason why this is two parts and I like that, that they had those two different approaches um, great J.R. Jr. art for this one he does. He draws Sentinels really well. I've always liked. Ever going back to his runs on Uncanny X Men, he's always done it well. Right. Um, uh, I liked the the Peter Ben working together. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is the last time they actually team up, right? Other than the, when they both end up in fighting the Goblin at the end of.
0: No, they they. Well, they, the '90s show. They briefly uh, team up during the Judas Traveler issue, which is.
4: Oh,
0: Oh, that explains it.
4: I wiped that from my memory. (laughs)
1: Accessing
4: to our our
3: memories. (laughs) This is the last good time. Well,
2: as soon as Traveler, he's not worth remembering. (laughs) Uh Uh But
4: although he does show up in uh, some 416, we'll get to that in a minute. uh, I'm trying to figure out what the hell this is in my notes. Oh, smokestack business! I really like that whole little bit where they're in there, uh, kind of kidding around about the whole smokestack thing. I, I thought it was a good, uh, it was a good way to kind of address something that had been kind of hanging over mm-hmm. the book in a way that isn't quite dismissive, but it does at least acknowledge that like there's sort of an unfinished thing there.
0: Go figure. Looks like we're not burning up, Mr. Science Major. And he's like, give me a break. I thought my clone was – I watched my clone (laughs) die. I guess I wasn't thinking straight, so sue me. Uh, (laughs) uh, That that was probably my favorite scene in the entire book. I'm not going to lie.
4: Yeah. Uh, Although I do have to ding them a little bit for, like, the deal with the smokestack somehow having a grate that leads to the sewers, which makes no sense. No sense at all. Just the construction of smokestacks. If the, the, what, the, what should have happened was they pulled that grate open and there's a furnace or something. Wait a
3: second, that's not the same smokestack though, because didn't they multivex like destroyed that smokestack yes, and that's how they <laughs> found the not, this, just a, just a, this is a
4: random smokestack. Like, okay, okay. okay, smoke stack okay. Stack I, I thought
3: I it was supposed it. to be the same one, and I was like, oh, God, huh. no! I got the, the, the
4: multivex smokestack wouldn't even be in Manhattan. <laughs> there's no reason it would be there. Uh, I think
0: it actually got destroyed um, during Blood Brothers. Yes.
2: So until Dan Slot writes it back into Shut a comic up. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, like Ben Riley will like try and like throw Peter in there. It's like that's right. I will throw you in here just like you threw me in there. All oh, those years ago when we were trying to save the Gwen clone from being tied to the bum. Wasn't that Ned Leeds? Shut up. I know my
1: life. <laughs> I
3: know I'm, again, I'm going with the
4: Xerox of the Xerox of the Xerox theory. Yep.
2: Shut up, Anubis. Yeah.
4: <laughs> uh... Oh God! You said that I just had a flashback to, to start the Stargate movie. Ooh. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so yeah, Beefloss, it's a good story. I like it. Um, th- th- again, this is about the extent of things that you t- to like about onslaught. So, <laughs>
1: there you
4: go. Uh, Josh, your thoughts?
3: So when Gerard says that he liked that smokestack scene, um, yeah, I like that smokestack scene. Um. And that's pretty much everything else is the opposite of what I said about crossovers in the last issue, about how, yeah, this is how you do a crossover issue. It doesn't stop the book dead, you know, when it deals with the supporting cast and all the implications. This, on the other hand, like, is something that could have been skipped. Like, if you're, like, binging these books, it stops, you know, the narrative dead, and it's, you know... The only pluses are that, you know, the fun smokestack scene and just, you know, seeing Peter and Ben teaming up and seeing Peter in action, which we weren't getting too much of in this era. I mean, it's not like we weren't getting it at all. Like, you know, Peter would be like, all right, you know, my one last time, as, but, you know, like, in The Greatest Responsibility, he's like, this is my last time being Spider Man. Oh, no, wait, actually, the final adventure is. Oh, no, wait, actually, you know, me helping Ben this time is. Or, no, actually, like. We talk about that a <laughs>
0: lot in the Final Adventure episode about how. Really, it should that the Final Adventure miniseries probably should have been canceled.
4: What and, do you mean, we? I thought you did that by yourself.
0: No, I ended up doing that with. Uh,
4: <laughs>
2: From now on, we are one. I thought. No, I ended up I thought Zach was using the royal we there.
0: I, I I was referencing the fact that we have a special guest.
2: Um, out.
3: Yeah, this is th- th- this is what I hate about crossovers, honestly, because like it's it. Ha- it just stops the book dead and stops the narrative dead. And you know, while it's a good excuse for Peter and Ben interplay, um, i I had no use for it. Now that being said, it wasn't bad art and dialogue wise, so I'm not gonna give it an F because that would mean that it was a total failure. and at least the smokestack scene made me smile. So that's going to save it from being a total failure and just make it a C book as opposed to a D or an F book. What storyline was it interrupting?
0: Well, he's talking about if he was...
3: Well, just... Just everything in general. Like, you know, like the narrative of, like, you know, Peter, Ben, their friends, their enemies, their adventures. See, I would would agree with you if it wasn't four separate books.
4: Like, if this is a sort of scenario where this is just an issue of ASM, that was the only title, then yeah, I would agree. But, like, you're you're still getting three other Spider-Man issues this month. Right
3: what i <laughs> wanted well, for and, and, and spectacular has its own a like, completely different yes yeah. Yeah, okay, totally yeah, okay. onslaught. okay you know what yes we are getting three other spider-man books this month and how many of them deal with the onslaughts two of them. like <laughs> one <laughs>
4: <We're>... <laughs> the, the, the asm issue yeah. the sensational thing has like a tease at the end but that that issue has nothing to do with the onslaught and neither does the lizard one
2: yeah i think the well, l- i think what he means yeah, I think what he means is because we know that the ending of the Clone Saga was delayed
3: again for this. Right. Well, I mean, that that's okay, because it gave Spider-Man stories more time to breathe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. It wasn't a bad thing. It just sucked that we lost Bagley and Juergens along the way. But we did gain... And And the war. No, and and Salby Sima. No,
3: uh, they're in the Franklin Richards universe. We have to get them back. (laughs) (laughs) Bagley reborn.
4: They're on the hologram Earth that's on the other side of the sun. (laughs) Greg, give us your... That's not a joke, by the way. Wasn't that the status quo for heroes reborn? They were on a planet that was on the other side of the sun. They were on (laughs) counter-Earth. Yes.
2: Greg... Your thoughts? On this. I I mostly agree with Josh in this one. I like the smokestack scene; that's fun. But I can just do without this. I mean, it's a uh, very it feels very throwaway to me. I mean, there's nothing really wrong with it. It just completely failed to engage me aside from that smokestack scene. probably because I just don't care about onslaught or, or any of this stuff. The last issue was much better than this. It actually was was actually really having fun with the whole with onslaught's uh, impact on people. This was just. Again, not much was going on. I mean, but one thing that that does come to mind is Mark Bagley and John Romita Jr. are probably two of the defining artists on Spider-Man. Oh, spider and it's interesting seeing their art back to back like this. Th- these two are two of the most of the legendary Spider-Man artists and just how different they are, night and day. Right. And this isn't a complaint. It's actually kind of – it's just interesting, I mean, how they both define this character but from completely opposite spectrums. And and I want to be honest. When I was when these issues first came out, I was like maybe 13, 14. I was not a big fan of J.R.J.R.'s style. I was an idiot, of course, but it, it, <laughs> it, it, it grew on me later. It grew on me.
4: <laughs> As opposed to now, you're not an idiot now. I'm
0: sorry. I'm sorry.
4: You know, now that I think about it, we're pretty spoiled because this this month we are this episode we also got uh, Mike Waringo and Ron Gurney. Yeah,
0: yeah. Cool.
1: yeah. I mean,
4: cool. We had
2: yeah, I,
4: yeah.
0: Uh, we're very very fortunate. What's your grade, Greg?
2: Uh, I'll give it a uh,
0: C plus. All right, C plus. Well, I'm going to continue my run of A's. And I'm giving this name. I liked it a lot. Uh, again, this is this was really when I was going full hog and I was completely just blood brothers started the 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 addiction, but I was in full blown like I, I, I need rehab now. Um, these these issues just the dynamic artwork of of Jeremy Jr. Is just fantastic. The, the part where he pops the head off of the sentinel and like like a boss and smacks the other two, knocking him into next week, was freaking awesome. The smokestack scene, where at the time I didn't understand the full joke, I just thought that they were being you know cute and funny. Reading it now again, ten years, you know, ten years, twenty years later, it's like oh man, the layers in this in this entire scene is awesome. This is where I, I have to say, Mark Howard Mackey actually did continuity well, <laughs> and he did a good job. I, I, I like I like the the interactions between Peter throughout the entire issue, and Ben's like, I'm trying to get you to your pregnant wife. Will you please let me do that? And he's like, No, my my sense of responsibility overtakes your need to not be distracted. And uh, I liked how they referenced the previous week's issue um and i i just I, th- I thought it was a really well done issue so that's why i'm giving it an a
4: so now you're gonna fight josh right
0: i am gonna fi- I'm, not, I'm not gonna fight josh 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 has his opinion and that's <laughs> and that's fine
3: um, i don't need to fight with him about a comic book that we have a different opinion on. Fight, unless fight, it's like fight, 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 you, fight, unless, should... unless it's a comic book that i'm more like passionate about like if john if like zach said Red Hood and the Outlaws issue one is the best portrayal <laughs> of Starfire ever. I'd be like, <laughs> then he's
0: gonna throw the gloves down and, and, and the gauntlet is laid. I'm gonna make a note for those of you that are reading in the Clone Saga trades. Uh, I did kind of skip around because the next story right after this onslaught story is actually Sensational Nine and Ten, but I thought it would be more spiritually a successor to the to one,
4: one of the others than
0: to do uh, ASM 416 this
4: episode. So uh actually in terms of timeline that probably makes more sense
0: yeah i know but i'm considering yeah. that
4: this is basically uh like an aftermath to onslaught kind right. of thing it, but yeah. i think it's because it says
0: after the onslaught on the cover on on <laughs> spectacular or sensational nine that's why they did it but anyway um sensational nine is going to be covered recap by josh Can you, do
3: you want to do the recap? <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man 416 Heroes Farewell, you know, from the makers of Heroes Reborn and Heroes Return, is Spider-Man looking at a sight that like every time I see the Marvel heroes like this, all I can think about is like the way things are now and just like wow. I can't believe I'm seeing the Human Torch and like Captain America in the same place at the same time. <laughs> like I'm seeing, like I'm serious. It's like wow, it's the Fox heroes and the MCU heroes together. Is is this allowed? <laughs> and, like even so now we're like in the actual like Marvel comics, like you can't even like show the Fantastic Four prominently anymore. Dude, and there's some Fox- people who say. Oh, Fox there's some an, people
2: yeah, Fox won't have the FF for too much longer
3: I I sincerely well there's some people who say that that's a conspiracy theory but there's like actual like trading card artists and stuff who will come out and say we are not allowed to draw like galactus or like the human Tour etc well and, like and it, it's a it's a real thing and I'll say this
0: um, I freaked out whenever I finally saw a new Marvel Legends invisible world
4: more so than I probably should have so anyway, oh, I,
2: <laughs> I've already pre-ordered it <laughs>
4: Gonna uh, yeah, I'm going to finish that one up. You know, I love me some Sue. Yeah.
2: And
4: it's at
3: Walgreens, so, so you actually can, you know, go get it in New York. It's not a and, 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 and right next to Sue, um, maybe, maybe I'm the last person on earth to notice this. Iron Man has nipples? Yep. I was just about to type that. Yep. Like, was that a thing this era? Like, everyone gives Joel Schumacher crap, but, like, holy heck. <laughs> I, I never noticed the nipples until you guys pointed that out.
2: So Now you will never unsee them. Exactly.
3: Like, was that a thing in the Iron Man books at that time? Although, this, this was around the time of Teen Tony, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, a little after Teen Tony. <laughs> yeah. Well, because from what I understand, and an Iron Man person can correct me on this, like, Teen Tony happened, and then Heroes Reborn happened, and then, like, when he comes back after Heroes Re- Reborn... And in Heroes Return, like, he's regular Tony again, and, like, Teen Tony's kind of, like, swept under the rug.
1: Yes.
4: Yeah, that's that's kind of the kind of thing I was talking about before when I said it was a soft reboot.
3: And then, like, they eventually, like, address that, like, actually Teen Tony and dead Tony Stark and Heroes Return Tony, like, that all three of them are actually the same person. But Spider-Man's on the Statue of Liberty because that's where he would meet the Human Torch. But the Human Torch <laughs> is coming. He's not coming because he's gone. So Spider-Man's up there all alone. And, and by
0: the way, uh, Ben and Human Torch said all their differences in the holiday special, which we have not covered. Yes, it, yes, it, it, yeah, with the yeah. Scorcher, he's awesome. Yeah. yeah, but anyway,
3: is also the last so, for the console, right? <laughs> It begins with um. I, I was gonna say not damage control, but if it turns out that they are damage control, I'll be really embarrassed because, like I said, you know th- this was a cram. You know they're cleaning up after onslaught when all of a sudden people try and hijack them, and Spider Man shows up like, nah, I will hijack you hijackers because I am the surpriser, and we get an ad for Nabisco with old school AOL and holy heck the nineties. I can't even. I can't even.
0: <laughs> you know what they did in the Clone Saga trade for that for that ad. They, they they just like made a blank page with like the uh, Parker years like kind of inverted like a, a a negative image of the par-
3: what? Why even do the blank? Why why not just skip to the next story page? <laughs> I, I I
0: don't know why they did the blank page. That was it was I was going to mention that in the in the trailer,
4: but Yeah, uh, uh, there's a reason for that uh, because they need an extra space because the previous page was a two page spread. Oh
0: okay, all
4: right, that makes sense. It, it has to it has to do with evening out the numbers of pages for the next two page spread. That
3: makes sense. Okay.
0: Gerard is, Very good. Gerard is genius. Moving on. Uh,
3: no, it's just general publishing stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right,
3: continue. Uh-huh. <laughs> so as Spider-Man's going away, a cop's like, hold it right there. And Spider-Man's like, oh, no, I'm going to get yelled at he's like, Spider-Man, I just want to say, thank you for being one of the heroes who didn't, you know, get a soft reboot, and we're so <laughs> glad that you're here. And he's like, Oh, thanks. Anything else? Yes. Don't forget to watch Stick Stickly on Nick and the Afternoon. <laughs> from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern, only on Nickelodeon. Oh, super down.
4: Uh, Visit Stick Online only on AOL, keyword Nick. Yeah. Wow. AOL keywords.
2: Oh, this brings back. I remember those.
3: Yeah. You've
2: got mail.
3: You got mail. But there is no stick stickly over at the Daily Bugle where um
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: And this is why I love podcasting with Josh. Where because where because of, you know, um the economy, which apparently was a problem in the nineties too, uh one of the books this month, it might have been this one, they say like oh in fact it was this one because yeah mary jane says this so i'll get to that i'll get to that line later you know they're going to have to do layoffs which you know um upsets glory grants a lot because now she won't have extra money to go to the cinema and see the new movie matilda starring <laughs> danny devito and friends Mara wilson Mara wilson yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah meanwhile over in i guess a warehouse district we have the rose who's talking to delilah about you know how spider-man stopping that weapons hijacking is a big problem when our old friend the Squire shows up and you know who's <laughs> not stalking people you know watching kane watching peter watching you know <laughs> now he's like i am the squire and we are the b partners so some Speaking of- stuff going on there
4: by the way, speaking of soft reboots, uh, Delilah is about halfway between her transformation to her. Her uh, Zach had mentioned before, where she, next time you see her, she's sort of like a bodybuilder. She's in this weird half phase now, where she's in the background lifting weights, but she's still wearing her old costume.
1: Yep.
4: Sorry, this is me. I have to point out Delilah stuff.
1: <laughs> it's so
4: cool.
3: Everybody's got one. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ben Riley, who has been up for thirty-six hours, oh, that's adorable. <laughs> he thinks being up for thirty-six hours straight and not getting a rest <laughs> is a thing. <laughs> Sorry that, that, that that's bitter workaholic for talking. Tries to go home, but oh no, his mob boss slash quasi roommate is drinking beer, watching soap operas on the couch. How will he come in without you know revealing his secret identity? But. <clears throat> In any case, Peter's on his morning. way to the. Yeah, Peter's on his way to the Daily Bugle, where Glory Grant, you know, says, um, you know, for a continuing note that Kate Cushing has already been let go as as most, most of the paid interns because of the Daily Bugle layoffs. For those who don't know, Kate Cushing, um, no relation, you know, to Clone Saga Chronicles, you know, uh, support. Uh, I, I guess not supporting cast member, but like uh, what do we show. call Kevin? Yeah, friend of the show, Kevin Cushing. Um, when I like to mention the whole ASM 251 where, like, Jonah steps down from the bugle and now he's only the publisher, so Robbie becomes editor-in-chief, which leads to the question, who's the city editor now? Who has Robbie's old job? Well, they brought in Kate Cushing for that, and she was basically, like, not the anti-Robbie, but she was very, very much, like, you know giving Peter a hard time and stuff like that and, like, expecting more of him. But as of this, we will never see her again. And we never have. I don't even think she's been mentioned again, you nope. know, after this. Nope. So um, also being fired is old Daily Bugle person, Jacob Conover, uh, if I'm pronouncing his name right. Conover. And Peter's like, oh, Con- man, they're Con- firing him. He had he had that column in the kid who collected Spider-Man, you know, back in the Roger Stern run. <laughs> who could be next? And then he's like, "You'll all be sorry. I will get revenge." And this isn't, you know, set up for me being a suspect in the Hobgoblin Lives miniseries. The of Hobgoblin is, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: who does he turn out to eventually be? Oh, like someone who was on one of the previous pages, right? <laughs> That's right. Jacob Canaver was Delilah all along. <laughs> I, never... I knew you were going there. That's <laughs> still <it> was funny.
1: <laughs>
3: I never would have guessed. And Peter's like, oh, man, being fired must suck. It would sure be a shame if and then Robbie opens the door. Peter, we need to talk. And Glory Grand's doing, like, her, like, Kevin McAllister, like, Home Alone, like, <laughs> oh, geez, Like, and Peter's face is white, so. He does look like a vampire. Yeah. Uh, I... Meanwhile, the sc- the scryer is reporting in with Gaunt, you know, about, like, yes, we are sure up to evil things, and we will get the Rose on our side. And I'm sure he's Richard Fisk and not anyone else. ha ha and um uh,
0: by the way uh, squire is played by egghead from the, uh,
3: the- <laughs> going to say that
4: yeah uh, he pulls his ma- he pulls off a mask is this the first time they
1: established yes. that
3: squire yes. was a mask <laughs> okay mm-hmm. in the meantime the next time peter winds it up oh my parker look i'm going to show him this page it's like that's right peter you're fired But you can still work here as a freelance photographer where you will get all the freelance assignments that you want with any schedule you want. Oh, and by the way, we're giving you medical insurance for a year and the biggest, you know, like compensation package possible. Because I guess, you know, all that money that we needed like to save for layoffs, you know, that's out the window. But like Peter's like, oh, he like breaks a pencil because he's so mad about that year of free medical benefits. And that big severance package and reimbursement from his move and everything and still being able to be a freelancer—it's just oh, That Parker Luck can't Peter ever win? So <laughs> to be to be fair, is...
4: going from a desk job to freelance would mean his, his yeah salary got cut very significantly. Yeah,
0: I, right? I, I, mm-hmm.
4: Let's let's, let's <laughs> have ah, that discussion. He's, still... he's not better than ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, he's Zach. Not
3: better than ever, but like, it's not that bad. <laughs> You know, like uh, uh, cut,
4: him, uh, they, cut him. Who do they keep? Because he's been there since the beginning. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> all they
3: have to do is say now. Oh yeah. By the way, we don't have any assignments for you for three weeks. They kept. Betting. Well, um, if I had to know, prize it when it's uh-huh. like you know. Thank Jonah. Jonah. <laughs> Jonah wanted this for Josh, you. Uh, you know, exactly like... water?
0: <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to point out that I know exactly what Peter is thinking right now.
3: Yes.
4: So.
3: I was leaning on the wall without actually knocking on the door. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Meaning, and By the way, I've uh,
3: been in Peter's position. Th- that being said, you could always yeah. no-prize it that Jonah and Robbie are giving Peter this big severance package because, like, peter would actually have grounds to like sue them because it's like we relocated back here because of you and then you pulled the rug out from under us and look at my pregnant wife look at her Jerry. look at her and then like did are like i find that the daily bugle should give peter a gajillion dollars
4: <laughs> um also the, uh, uh, correct me if i'm wrong but when they brought when uh jonah brought him over i got the impression that jonah was kind of paying him under the table a little bit wasn't that the, like part of their deal that like it was a, more of a personal thing between him and Jonah giving him then that,
3: or do I, am I just remembering that wrong? I
0: think you're remembering that one wrong,
3: actually. Okay.
1: <sighs> okay. But, I, so
3: in the meantime, you know, Spider-Man sees two kids having a political discussion. Oh no, he must you know web swing with them through the air. Um, one of them is arguing <laughs> oh, <that> no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow. Just in the face.
3: Yeah. Uh, They're arguing over, you know, uh, is is it the mutant's fault that, like, they disappeared or, like, were the mutants actually helpful? And we have the, like, very, very, like, uh, relevant line, uh, you sound like that crazy bigot who's running for president, (laughs) which, you know, no matter what political side, like, you're on like that, you you can't say that that isn't something that the media, you know, keeps on, like, saying. So, (laughs) So Peter,
0: you you forgot the most important reference before that, though.
3: Power Rangers. uh, What was the most? What Power Rangers Zio? Oh. Are you two playing Power Rangers Zio? Oh gosh, how did I miss that? Yes. <laughs> how
0: did you miss that?
3: Dun,
1: dun, 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 dun.
0: Wow.
3: This is where we finally dun, bring
0: dun, in. Dun. We finally bring in Power Rangers, officially into this. Every every school skull. Um, uh, outtake scene has been leading up Power
3: Rangers are currently having a crossover with the Justice League it's really weird
1: yeah. <laughs>
3: like in oh the first God. issue like there's like Clark Kent Superman's like there's nothing you could have done Black Power Rangers act you could have stopped it like, <laughs> what am I seeing like these two are talking to
4: each other like they're friends is that, <laughs> is that any weirder than the crossover with Scooby-Doo they did like two years ago oh hey Scoob
1: no,
2: I <laughs> alright
4: Superman's like, Superman's like, put that weed out, son.
2: <laughs> One day someone will write that Scooby-Doo Godzilla crossover
3: I've always wanted.
4: Ah, it couldn't hold a candle to Godzilla versus Barkley.
3: Oh. <laughs> Barkley? Oh, okay. Yeah, actually, I do remember. That was of Godzilla versus Godzilla. That really. we'll was King Kong King really Was it really terrible?
0: Was it towerable?
4: It's terrible? Torrible. It's terrible. That boy's is terrible. That
3: boy is terrible. That boy is terrible. <laughs> We're making fun of So I, I might have called him Peter by accident before, but like when I'm saying Spider Man, I'm I mean Ben because Ben is Spider Man in this, and I'm so used to saying Peter. Yeah. You know, takes these two, you know, kids in the air and like gives them a speech about heroes doing the best that they can and sacrifices, and um, we cut back to you know Gaunt. And, you know, talking to the mysterious Unmasked about evil stuff. Well, they know they're being watched in binoculars by George Perez's Raven of the new team Titans, <laughs> <laughs> Or um, <laughs> or, or, so, or someone from the host. So, like, Peter, like, He'd, you that know. That would be Chakra. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Peter, you know, goes back to um, his home with Mary Jane, which is on May's old house. Like, how am I going to tell Mary Jane we're so broke that I'm still wearing my jacket from the Ross Andrew run? You know, like she's going to be so upset about this and she's and mary jane you know when peter opens the door she's like oh actually glory Grant already told me and where's that line she says it's the 90s tiger job security is as dead as disco and i was like wow These were
1: problems like 20
3: something years ago
4: uh can we talk about what, what a bitch glory grant is why would you call someone's house
3: like isn't that the kind of thing you stay out of so that peter can then break it to mary jane himself Okay, so here's an all here's an alternate fan theory. Uh, Betty Brand to escape from the layoffs by like you know hiding under a desk or locking <laughs> herself in a broom closet or or doing that scene from like the 1980 Spider-Man cartoon with Jonah. I don't know, you know, pick your. <laughs> oh, I know not She's. Sweet. I know that's... Mary Jane is trying. Mary Jane's trying to drive a wedge. I mean, uh, Betty's trying to drive a wedge between Peter and Mary Jane so she could swoop in and take over. So she calls Mary Jane to tell in the news, but she can't do it as Betty because then you know. Um should be suspect. So she so she does her she does her best, like, you know, African American voice, you know, really badly probably. Like, yo, Mary Jane, it's me, Glory Grant, Peter got fired. My template right now. (laughs) And (laughs) then she says, Now we wait.
1: I'm really uncomfortable with where we got. continue with the recap? I,
3: I miss Josh's evil Betty so much.
1: Hey,
3: like, hey! At least she didn't use blackface for a phone call. Oh my so God! Awesome
1: God. Stop.
3: <laughs> no, you know, I don't know, man. She would get in character.
4: Maybe she did, even though no one would see her do <laughs> She's, she's a Let's mess. Move actress. on. Let's move on. Out, out the window,
1: it. a horrible no, no, no. green shirt.
4: No. Let's move on. Hold on, Mary Jane. I have to go back to the Daily Bugle next day's headline. Gloria Grant
3: was found dead this morning after Oof. <laughs> all right But they don't have too much time to be mad at Gloria Grant or Betty Brant because Mary Jane pulls out a you know a baby outfit and says, I think Little May would like it. Little May and then like, you know, we get like the dramatic music from um uh, what was the second Star Trek movie? Not it. That wasn't Into Darkness, right? Was it?
2: Wrath of Khan? No,
3: no, the second reboot movie. Oh, wow. Don't totally Remember Xander? when he's like, my, my name it's is Khan. Yeah, funny. Into Darkness, and like, you know, what if, do you think Baby May will like this? And like, you know, the comic stops, we get dramatic music, and like, you know, hints of the spider girl theme song, you know, which didn't exist because comics are not a musical medium. And then, and then uh, Peter's like, "Oh, naming name her after Aunt May," and he remembers what Aunt May said in the Leuciko run about Parker's never giving up. So, they decide that they're gonna pull through together and have some beautiful Captain Crunch for breakfast <laughs> That out of like the kid's face as a basketball hoop. <laughs> creepy as heck
4: by the way did I miss a page or did I miss some dialogue here I thought Peter and Mary Jane didn't have the sonogram yet that would be so no
0: no no this the, uh, this is why I kind of me skipping kind of messed things up
4: they had it in oh it was in sensational. It was in sensational oh okay
3: <laughs> so sorry so uh, Chakra comes back and says well I did my spying thing it's ironic because scryer is usually the one that spies on people but now spy on him and judas travel like excellent because we're totally back in this storyline and we're gonna f- up <laughs> but first let's pack some lunches in the marvel ziploc bags that i totally used to have when i was a kid i remember these <laughs> I've seen them for a long time <laughs> gosh they're so 90s it even has the um jess the julia carpenter spider uh woman right. <sighs> So Spider-Man returns the kids, you know, and says, well, don't you have any more political discussions, you know, while I'm not around kids? And (laughs) he swings away thinking that his friends will never leave him because they'll always be in his heart. The end. Oh,
4: Oh.
3: everywhere you look, everywhere you look. (laughs) All right, Josh, give us your thoughts first. I, I like that. you know, for an issue that did not have any action in it at all. I guess except for that scene at the beginning. Uh, th- this was, you know, nice old school Spider-Man where, you know, even though he's not and his enemies, his enemies are doing subplot pages in the background. Yep. Um. Yeah. And we get some development at the Daily Bugle, and uh, we see that the '90s were really not that much different than today because of people arguing that every presidential candidate is a racist, and '90s having no job security. And uh,
0: Greg, don't.
3: It, the, fi- the final <laughs> fate of Kate Cushing, and I'm not too I'm not too big of a fan of the arts right? And I like the whole, you know, uh, as a Spider Girl fan, I like the whole, you know, uh, mini prequel of like naming her May. That, how that showed up here. Uh-huh. <laughs> And, oh, there was another part I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah. Knowing what we know now about, like, the Rose being Jacob Canaver, um, it's weird because, like, he's doing, like, a Rose thing, and then, like, immediately he's at the Daily Bugle being fired saying, you'll be sorry. You'll all be sorry. So I'm wondering if that was planned even back then Ah. Um, because because it looks – I mean, I guess it's not like a contradiction that he's in, you know, Mm. both places, but it is odd. Yeah. Well, I mean, DeFalco was
4: the one who had him as the Rose, and he wrote this issue, so maybe he was just long uh, playing the long game here.
1: Yeah.
3: But I feel like this issue implies that he's not the Rose, because he's in two places, not at once, but in a relatively short period of time. Why does, does that
4: ever matter? Do you have the Hobgoblin and Roderick Kingsley in the same place at the same time? I
2: was about to make that reference. But he had a place. twin brother. So does Jacob Conover? What? He's writing a piece, too. Well,
3: also uh, the rose has a full head mask. You don't know who's under there. It could be anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Kingsley is everybody standing. <laughs> like
1: <laughs>
3: after this, he has to like run on over to um uh like I don't know like the lizard's house and like put on a lizard costume to like double for him. <laughs> he's he's got like no time. You laugh. But there was but, uh,
0: there was a there was a double lizard. Remember in that in that story.
3: Yeah, I know. I know. Uh. I know. <laughs> Anyway. But that, that was at the point that like, you know, before it was originally supposed to be Kirk Connor's changed forever, which is why I laughed at like Mr. Metz when he said in Spider Man Shed, the lizard was changed forever, which is something that's never happened before. What's your grade? <laughs> My grade is an A. Really? No, I lied. Yes, it's an A. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, Gerard. You... I, I had
1: fun. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Ads and all. <laughs> uh, Gerard, what's
0: your, what's your grade and thoughts?
3: Um
4: I really like this issue. It's like another quiet one. This is a weird uh, episode of, of issues we're covering because there was a lot of quiet stuff happening, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I, I feel like criticizing them for having nothing happening is unfair. Right? Because I f- it's hard to to uh, articulate, but there's a there is there are things happening here that are interesting, just not in the terms of like action, th- that kind of thing. Right. Um, I, I have to disagree with Janosh a bit. I do like the artwork here a lot. Um, it's sort. I want to say it's like it's almost like a happy medium between uh, Jurgens and Jr. Junior.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I feel
4: I feel like that's the, the sort of area where we're in right now. Uh, Garney only does this issue in like the next one or something like that, yes. right?
0: Yes, he does this issue and then he does the uh, Judas Traveler centric <laughs> issue, which was set up this issue, and then uh, Steve Scareos takes over with Revelations.
4: Oh, oh boy. I have not good things to say about him. but we'll get, <laughs> I guess when we'll, we we'll get to revelations, we'll talk about that. But uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, really nice artwork in, in my opinion. Um Particularly, I think uh, Garney does a lot of good things with facial expressions, uh-huh. which has always been one of his strengths, including when he came back to ASM later around like Johnny, uh, his civil- work
0: on with Black and Black with the, that fight with the Kingpin is just
4: oh, was awesome. Oh. Although I I like his style here better, though. Do you? Yeah, I think it's a little more, uh, the lines are a lot, the line work is a lot cleaner and that kind of thing. I I, I think he got, to be fair, though, he was rushed really badly during Back in Black. I, I seem to recall there were even an issue or two where they didn't even have inks, if I recall. They just ran it with colored pencils instead.
1: Oh, yeah. I think you're
4: right. <laughs> or they tried to do some half-ass dig, uh, digital inks that just look like it. But yeah, we all know that whole story was just a stopgap anyway, because uh, mm-hmm. at that point. Very much so. Anyway, um, so... Uh, I like, like Josh brought up, that there's a lot of teases going on in the background. You have the whole thing with uh, The Rose. You have the thing with uh, Judas Traveler. You, you, of course, my my beloved Delilah appears for one panel, or, or two panels. That this is now a meme. It's it, George's beloved. <laughs> beloved. Um, and then, uh, and then uh,
3: Delilah. Delilah,
4: and then, of course, you have the little hey oh, hunger. <laughs> you have the little tease for like uh, like we joked was done for Hobgoblin uh, Lives. Yeah. Although, uh, th- that one kind of stuck out to me, because I don't recall him being mentioned before this for quite a while.
1: Yeah.
3: So it's like, wait, he was still working at the Bugle? <laughs> well, it's like, I-, I-, I pulled out the kid who collected Spider-Man, because I can't really recall a lot of other classic Jacob, Conover, and Bowmans.
0: It's Conover. Wait.
3: Like, Conover, and that's how relevant he is. I don't even say his <laughs> name correctly. We've tried correcting
0: you, and you're like, nope. We're going I I am steadfastly Conover
3: because he's not relevant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can, no? never, you right. can never.
4: You can never. You never permanently correct Josh. How many times have I corrected him mispronouncing Anthony Serbo's name? That he. <laughs> He still yeah. calls him several every single goddamn time. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, sorry, that's me getting a little salty. Uh, I do like the little bit of little something.
3: <laughs> About a minor character from the bronze age. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get salty over him. Okay, anyway, continuing. Uh, I like the
4: bit with the layoffs. Yeah. Although I think I think Glory did overstep her bounds of, of good taste quite a bit by calling Mary James. Oh, glory, it was Betty. <laughs> <laughs> i I thought some of the uh heroes reborn or the i guess heroes reborn didn't happen some of the uh, dead avenger stuff was a little heavy-handed but it did tie in at least in a way that made it like he has too much of a relationship with these characters not to address it right but i think it was i think it was done a little too heavily like you have because I think there were, what, three moments where he's like, my friends, and they have like pictures of them around. Mm-hmm. Might have been a little too much. Just do it once. Yeah. 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 But that, that's really my only not. Well, that and the fact that Judas Traveler shows up, which I'm like, no!
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Him showing up for one page is enough to knock a letter grade off of this. I hate Judas <laughs> Traveler and <that much. laughs> hey, Did you have an article at one time that said, oh no, what Judas Traveler? Yes, I did, and uh, you didn't like that article, as I recall, because I said that he looked like a nineteen eighties porn actor, John Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I'm going to give this one a B minus. B minus. Yeah, it wasn't quite as strong as the other issues this month. Uh, Greg, but again, but from uh, on the Judas Traveler curve. It would have been better. If uh, Greg,
2: your uh, your thoughts. Well, this issue is a little bit better than I remembered it. I mean, for some reason, I think when I thought back at this issue, issue before I reread it, I remember the art being much worse, but looking back, it was probably just because it was a step down from Mark Bagley, no matter what, and of course, this is a very good artist, as we've discussed, and also keeping in mind who comes next,
1: <laughs> <Yes>.
2: <laughs> but we'll talk about that later, and... um. I also hate Judas Traveler of the Passion. I've called him the lamest Spider-Man villain ever, although to be fair, he's probably had competition in recent years. Mm, but <laughs> And um, so I'm tempted to knock a letter grade off of my overall grade for that, but I'm not going to because for some reason, and I know this sounds weird, Josh's little anecdote story about Betty elevates the issue for me <laughs> in a way.
0: Oh my god. Okay.
2: okay. <laughs> Just because it's become, now it's become part of my headcanon for this because it makes so much sense! No
1: it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All, right. No, All, right. Just, All right. All right.
0: We're, we're getting into headcanon now. This is fantastic. Okay. Well, <laughs>
1: this
3: what about it doesn't make sense? Tell me what doesn't make sense. <laughs> the fact
0: that Betty would uh, no, we're not we're not we're not derailing the entire The burden of, the proof, of proof is on no, you,
4: sir. No, we're
0: not. Doing this. I'm not entertaining this conversation. We are not doing this. We are give me your letter grade, Greg. What did you
2: Well, letter? it's just entertaining enough. Well, it's some um, I'll get there in a moment. And, but like I said if it's Fun seeing in the aftermath of all this. That cover is gorgeous, by the way, iron nipples aside. <laughs> and on also another note, Spider-Ben should really moderate a debate at some point. Or actually at this point, I think we'd prefer if Ben Noobis moderated a debate. No. <laughs> and um, and what you said is true, although I... All right, continuing on. <sighs> but um, I'll give it a, um, you know, I'll give it a B. A B? All right. Yeah, it would have been a C because she was traveler, but then Josh hit the Betty Brant
3: thing, so it's a B again. All right, Don, take us home. See that Marvel? I am raising your grades for you. <laughs> You're welcome.
0: Don, take us home. <sighs> uh,
5: um, I was giving like these like the last three issues like A's after A's after A's, and this one um isn't going to get that high because the Ron Garney step down from Bagley really took me by surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like this this era of his artwork compared to like his later stuff. Right. Um, it's not helped by the by, by the desperately bland coloring. I'm not gonna say it's bad artwork, but like it's really it, after Ringo John Romita Jr. Mark Bagley, it's 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 not good enough. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's it's like going from Bagley to Stuart Immonen on Ultimate Spider Man. Um, That's fair. And it kind of makes like a lot of like, kind of the overwrought writing kind of jump out a bit more. I do like the Daily Bugle drama i've always heard about this big layoffs oh, yeah. um i'm genuinely interested to know if peter you know arguably one of their most reliable you know employee. well maybe not but like i mean something that they know known personally for years if he's laid off who did they keep
3: um and right. i don't really can Alice and, and well, around, i think
1: the only two. in
3: fairness there's probably people who have been there like longer than peter who are just in off panel land because they're not like Jonah, robbie and betty and
1: stuff right
4: you mean like, you're like that one guy from uh, Marvel team up that figured out his identity but didn't tell anybody?
1: <laughs> <Church. His name?
4: laughs> I think he only appeared in one issue. That might be the most obscure Spider Man character I've ever referenced. I can't remember
3: his name for the life of me. I apologize. There are so many bugle employees that like we don't see on a regular basis because like they're not part of Peter's world and they probably like put in more like blood, sweat and tears into the bugle than like peter and like you know betty and ned Leeds ever did so
5: continue on um so yeah some, some of the stuff was kind of just a little bit overwrought like him swiping up the kids and saying look at around you look at all the heroes that are no longer here doesn't this inspire you and uh the scryer shit and the jewish travel stuff i mean it, a, lo- a lot of the goodwill from the last three issues kind of evaporated by this point mm-hmm. this isn't a bad issue but like it really had no great effect over me uh, compared to like the previous issue, which, which I thought the, the writers and artists on all three of them were firing on all cylinders. And this one feels really, really patched and really kind of satisfied with itself. And, you know, my friends will never leave me. And I understand he kind, of, he kind of needs to take in what had happened to the, the Marvel heroes, but it's, it's too cheesy for me to feel it, to have it feel genuine. Uh-huh. Um, and this isn't a bad issue, but it's, it's not a very affecting issue. So I'll give it a, uh,
3: B minus.
0: B minus? Okay.
3: Can it be argued that Ben was whitesplaining to those kids?
0: We're not going there. Why? 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 <laughs> <do> that? Why? <laughs> For the love of God.
3: All right. Anyway. It, it, just, it just occurred to me like a uh, second ago. That's all right. <laughs> Let me quickly derail this <laughs> I His name was
4: Andrew Poncholito. I actually found it. <laughs> wow. He appeared in exactly three issues. <laughs> anyway. So,
0: um, I'm going to give this issue a B-minus as well, because it's <laughs> seems very familiar. You know why it seems very familiar? Because it's almost the exact same story from ASM uh, 252. Red- yeah! Repainted and, uh, <laughs> redone with this story. Um, I'm surprised that, like, Josh and Don, or, or nobody actually brought that up, um... And I remember liking this story fine, whenever I read it originally. But when I actually read two fifty two, I'm like, wait.
3: (laughs) Well, Ben doesn't know about that because he doesn't have Peter's memories from that issue. That's true. Uh, And they weren't arguing about dead heroes. They were arguing about a rock concert. That's true. They were. And they were and they were like young adults, not children. Here's Spider Man's abducting children, (laughs) which like shouldn't he like get in trouble for? Yeah. But like, Jenna, I, I, like, isn't I, that a no-no? I, I think I think that
0: it was... The sentiment was sweet, though. Him trying to open their eyes and give them a different perspective. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> he just snatched them off the streets. Well, they were playing Power Rangers Zeo. I remember playing
3: Power Rangers Zeo.
1: That was, like, the first nobody, time... This nobody like played first...
3: Power Rangers Zeo. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, once, once they switched from Mighty Morphin... Uh, excuse <laughs> me, all I, I, I did. <laughs>
4: okay. Well, you were
3: playing by yourself, mister.
0: Yes, I was, because I didn't have any friends at the
4: time. Oh, this has suddenly become the saddest story. But anyway, so, but I... I, <laughs> I actually had a couple of friends. <laughs>
0: let's not make it that really incredibly sad. But, uh, you know, I like I like the issue. Uh, all right, I, I think that... But I do want to mention one thing. And um, before, before we bid adieu, I couldn't go an entire episode without... <clears throat> Mentioning the,
3: uh... Life of Riley?
0: Life of Riley, yes. Because there's a reason the Bugle decided to downsize. And uh, it is from Glenn Greenberg. This issue gave Tom DeFalco an opportunity to work through his feelings about Marvel's most recent layoffs, which occurred in January of 96, shortly after Bob Harris became editor-in-chief. Many of the people who were fired during this round of layoffs have been hired during DeFalco's tenure as EIC, and it could not have been easy for him to see all these people... Whom he had brought in now Fall, by the wayside. As it, in his Daily Bugle scenes, Tom D. worked a lot of in-jokes and references to what was going on at Marvel, all of which probably went over the heads of people on the outside, but were glaring, uh, glaringly obvious to anyone who was
4: working or had been working at the company.
3: Hmm. So, i have to go back and reread those, those scenes, though. So yeah, they, pick
0: that up. they kind of... They kind of
3: um, well, we, we wouldn't pick them up because they're in-jokes. Right.
0: But I, I I think it kind of shades that entire those entire bugle scenes a little bit differently.
3: It's it's So did Flo thing. Steinberg call like someone's wife to like tell them about the layoffs? Uh, who knows? <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, except that Flo Steinberg hadn't worked at Marvel since the late sixties. <laughs> don't tell me right. what.
3: Don't tell me my life.
5: <laughs> don't don't destroy my head. She was she was, was gone before Stan was. Yeah. yeah.
0: But, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, it's it's interesting to see. That was one of those things in the life of Riley, when you sit there and read that, and you're like, oh, okay. That kind of makes sense the way it works. Um huh. So, yeah, I... I I think that uh, I think it's a effective tool, but yeah. As somebody, and I also want to mention this because we kind of mentioned this earlier, and I, I feel like I need to address it. My current situation, as of this recording, with my employers has been uh, back in uh, right around Thanksgiving. I went from being in a uh, fairly steady position to being in, on a call out basis, which would be essentially like a freelancer. And I still have medical benefits, but if you don't work, then you don't get paid. And so, um, if they did the, the, the year, year's worth of free medical benefits for free, bro, up top. But if he's having to pay for it, it uh, I can understand Peter's frustration at that time. And at least he got a severance. So
4: Yeah. Yep. But either, was he, was he, the, either way, he's going to be hurting from that. Yes, <laughs> in, in the long term.
0: In the short term, he might be fine, but in the long term, you're going, ugh. Luckily, he probably got the house from Aunt May, so he doesn't have a mortgage payment.
3: At least he doesn't have anything, you know, horrible and traumatic to look forward to. Everything's <laughs> going to be fine for him in the next few months. He'll always have Ben. He'll always have Mary Jane and the baby coming up. Yes. That's a
0: good way to kind of end the issue, but, or end the episode. But I, I'm going to give a. Uh, but instead, I'm going to actually give a rundown of the grades because I thought this was interesting. Um, for. Uh, sensational 8, we had A, 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 B plus, B. That would be, I gave it an A, Greg gave it an A, Don, A, Gerard, B plus, and Josh, B. For uh, ASM, the first ASM issue was A plus, A minus, A, B plus, and A.
4: B plus being Gerard. God <laughs>
0: Well, you're the only one different on that one.
4: Uh, but, I'm, but, but Zach, I'm really negative, so that explains why <laughs> All these
0: B All right, I I gave uh, the uh, and then on seventy two, adjective seventy two. It's I gave it an A. Greg gave it a C plus. uh, Josh gave it a C. Don and Gerard, Gerard gave it a B plus, and Don gave it an A. So Don and I were kind of in agreement there. And then um, really interestingly, on this issue, we got I gave it a B minus. Greg gave it a B. Uh, Don gave it a B minus. Gerard gave it a B minus. And Josh gave it an A, <laughs> so kind of a uh, pretty pretty good uh, overall month, despite uh, yeah. the misgivings. on yeah. Despite being the clone saga, yeah. So I mean, this
4: is... well, we weren't we weren't BSing when we said that we liked the spider era. I think we I think I think we proved had... that. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Interestingly, um, we're in effort book number five, and the next story after this, the ones we cover tonight, outside of the swarm stuff, obviously, is. Uh, Lizard, the two-part lizard story that we already did. So. Huh. And, that, and, and then it ends with uh, Annual 96, which one of the pages has been ripped out thanks to my daughter.
4: <laughs> all right, so hold on. Now, what do we have left in terms of material before uh, the Revelations? I'm we still have I'm Don Fortunato.
0: Yes, we have uh, – all right, so after tonight, we have Sensational 9 and 10, Unlimited 14, which will be – The Betty
3: Brand Brandt issue. The Betty issue.
4: <laughs> and then, and the, the Sensational Nine and Ten Swarm, right? Yeah, that's the
0: Swarm. And then, <laughs> uh, after that...
3: <laughs> are we bringing Kevin on for that? <laughs> are we ought to. Uh,
0: uh, after that, we have, uh, Daredevil 354, which is an appearance with Ben, uh full, like, issue appearance with Ben.
4: So much so that... That, get, that, that ties into the Fortunato and, stuff, I think.
0: Yes, and it, it takes place before, but yeah. Uh, and then, um was seventy three and seventy
3: four, which is. I remember reading that 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 Daredevil issue. It was fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, because Daredevil shows
4: up in those two uh, adjective or list issues. With up Fortune.
3: seventy
4: four. Um, oh, just okay, but but it's well. For- it's
3: funny because like, um, it's Ben Urich, Peter Parker, and like Karen Page. They're like all with Matt Murdock, and like Matt Murdock like runs off to be Daredevil. And all three of those people know his secret identity, but they don't know that the other person does. So, like, they all, like, make up an excuse, like, oh, uh, like, trying to let like, cover for him. I guess Matt had to go do that. Yeah, yeah. That's what Matt's doing. Like,
2: <laughs> oh, that's such a Matt Murdock thing to do.
3: But then, like, he's he's talking to, like, Peter Parker, and he sees, like, Spider-Man, like, swinging, like, a, a block away. He's like, the fuck? <laughs> <And> he, like, <laughs> so he, like, goes to Spider-Man. He's like, all right, well... <laughs> What the heck is going on? I just saw Peter Parker a block away. Who are you? Yeah,
1: no, no, no.
3: and then like, and then it says like ten minutes later. It's like so a clone that explains so much. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> uh, uh, my life has never been that convoluted at all. Didn't you pretend to be your own twin brother for a while? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, in that same episode, that's,
0: that's the uh, Jules Traveler episode uh, issue with ASM four seventeen, and that's it. <coughs> so literally two episodes
4: left uh, of
0: like these, these type of shows, and we're we're hitting
3: Revelation. wow so so 2019
1: <laughs>
3: well we said on Gotham Chronicle that it would be 2024
2: remember when we were jo- when we were taking bets on which podcast would finish first this one or Spectacular Radio it's gonna be this one
3: you say that <laughs> Well, technically, like we don't have to like "quote unquote" finish because we could do like you know Bronze Age Clone Saga, no, the Caron the, Saga. A, there's, there's a plan. The Clone Conspiracy. There is a plan. excellent.
2: we'll, we'll see. Um, so, and uh, is there anything else?
0: Um, I think uh, that uh, maybe it'll, hopefully um, we can get together again soon to talk about the
3: Clone Conspiracy.
2: <laughs> uh, That'll be fun, Taren, to Too. Before we all go. Zach, I would like to We're, thank
3: you for... They're all going to get A's, just like <laughs> okay. this story did. <laughs>
2: yes, sir. But before we go, Zach, I would like to publicly thank you on the podcast for that little uh, Agent Carter you sent me for Christmas. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome.
3: And
0: Don, really... you're, Don you're getting a Black Panther. Um, Josh, you're getting a, a Han Solo. So,
4: uh, they're fun. Awesome. And I got my Black Panther, like, a couple days ago, A few days ago, I think, yeah. So, thank you, Zach.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. I didn't send any of you guys shit. Should... A <laughs> <laughs> <You know, laughs> traumatic uh, event happen in your life yeah. that, that, that kind of yeah.
4: necessitated it. I was
2: still
0: little jerk. Anyway.
2: <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. But, uh,
0: but, but anyway, um, Don, uh, let's go through and pimp everybody's podcast. Don, ta, tell us what you're working on right now.
5: Okay. Um, well, Jesse, Garrett, and I have brought back the next dimension so we can finally talk about Dragon Ball Super. Uh, although we're starting with the Universe Six arc, which is the first like new content they did in this show, coincidentally the English dub is airing on Toonami once a week now. But you can still find us at uh, dbznextmission.libsyn.com. We're also still on iTunes. In addition to uh, Libsyn pages and iTunes, I still run uh, the Comic Book Film Review podcast with Stella and Chris. The most recent episode, as of this recording, is our talk on the 1986 movie The Phantom. And oh, I like that. next time. Yeah, I like it too. And next time uh, we plan on talking about uh, S- Scott Pilgrim. Oh. And you can find that on com. also on iTunes. We also have a Facebook page. And finally, uh, well, in addition to uh, the Gotham Chronicle on the BatmanUniverse.net with Josh, uh, our weekly Gotham Talkback podcast, I do with Harrison Chute questions we don't have answers. That's what we can found on QNoAnswers.com, where we basically talk about. Anything, everything that's you know contemptuous and modern discourse. That's also found on iTunes, and we also have a Twitter page as well.
0: Uh, Josh,
3: I am on the Gotham Chronicle, um, which you can find on the BatmanUniverse.net, which uh, also has Dawn mm-hmm. from this show on it, where we cover uh, Gotham
1: <laughs>
3: as it's happening and laugh about how Gotham has gone from being a drama. To a live-action cartoon show, <laughs> apparently, in the past year, like the the podcast has had mm-hmm. more musical numbers than you would think a podcast about Gotham does. But there you go. <laughs> <No> like <problem. laughs> we had like a full-fledged like Mulan, I'll make a man out of you parody, oh. sung by like you know B. Mm-hmm. B D Wong, you know actually me pretending to be B.D. Wong, and then. Um, <laughs> And then, like, the latest episode, which um, will be released by the time you hear this, like, Donovan had, like, a Scooby-Doo, like, intro for, like, Gordon and Bullock being chased by ghosts, so... (laughs) Come on down and see how bizarre it is. (laughs) Because it's about as surreal as Gotham has been.
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, I I stopped watching
2: it for various reasons.
1: Gerard!
2: I didn't make it past the pilots.
1: The pilot was good! (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Gerard what are your thoughts or what, what, do you, what are you working on right? <laughs> what are
4: uh, yeah eventually Mania Mondays will be back so, so uh, you can still catch us on uh, iTunes and on uh, Google Play music podcasts but as of right now it's kind of on hold we'll, we'll find out what's going on but we'll get it started again soon especially since Jason finally can record again
1: that helps
4: <laughs> thank god uh i like also show up
0: with me anymore it's it's okay he needs, he needs jason <laughs> to buffer it
4: out no 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 i love recording with you but then i don't think it's so good for the listeners because unless you're a big wrestling fan you don't get half of our in-jokes uh i'm also show i also show up quite a bit on uh, spectacular radio which is also going to be getting uh, rolling again soon so we have a lot of episodes of those two shows coming this year, and uh, other than that, I'm uh, desperately counting away the dread of my remaining days <laughs> before I finally lose my mind, because God damn it, we've been doing the Clone Star Chronicles for how many years now? I thought it would be done.
2: Yeah, Gerard. I'll buy you pizza soon. Yeah. <laughs> Soothe his soul with pizza. My God!
3: Uh. Go it ahead. turns out there's another epic book that we completely forgot about. <laughs> oh
4: my God! I would actually start walking to Texas, and then one day, well, technically, there, go- technically, there is because there is the original <laughs> Clone Saga book. Zach is just going to take out his gar- go to take out his garbage one day, and I'm just going to be there in his yard. I'm just going to grab him and start strangling him like Homer Simpson soil. No, he didn't write the book.
3: <laughs> this is a voluntary project. <laughs>
4: so, yeah, I remember when I volunteered for. The, he's like, yeah, I want to do a clothes It'll probably take us like I don't know, three or four years to cover this. I'm like, sold. Nine years later. Yeah, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like it's, it's like
0: it's like uh, on SpongeBob SquarePants. Nine
1: years later.
2: Anyway, uh, uh, it, it's been eight years almost. <laughs> yeah. <I know>. Uh, <laughs> to, be, to be honest, it's kind of amazing it's still going. How many podcasts don't? It's pure sheer stubbornness.
3: <laughs> Greg, purest- <laughs> I'm Teenage looking at wasteland. you, Starman Observatory Podcast. <laughs> Teenage wasteland.
4: <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Uh, Teenage
3: <laughs> right. wasteland. Greg, tell us of mercs and mutants. I'm looking at you, burning talking points. All right, I'm all, right, at all you, right, you. Uh, uh, every podcast <laughs> Greg, that Bertoni started. Pimp your stuff.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say Bertoni Beetle Bonanza. Anyone?
2: Pimp my stuff. What am I up to lately? Well, I'm still hosting Spectacular Radio. We have two, we have two fan panels in the can for the Mysterio episode and then for the Craven episode. I'm going to edit those at some point. And the Mysterio one will go up probably sometime soon. Be up the podcast is, act- is actually up. So, um, <laughs> and uh, we're going to. I'm going to email Greg Wiseman. We're going to record the next interview section soon. He's a bit busier now. He's working on Young Justice again.
4: (laughs) woo Greg, you realize that that's just going to inflame people to begin asking again when Spectacular Spider-Man's coming back,
0: right? I I, I think (laughs) think anybody that listens to the show, though, uh, like, straight up understands that... um, uh, No, they don't.
4: uh, (laughs) Zach? You're really <laughs> overestimating people. No offense to our fan base, but come on.
0: Yeah, there is there's a certain segment I wrote. Yeah, anyway.
4: But, uh, okay, if you guys
0: want to be a part of the show, uh, you can send us an email at clones.chroniclesgmail.com, 818-925-6631. That's eight one eight nine clone one is the phone number if you want to leave a voicemail for any of our shows, Spectacular Radio, Mayday Mondays, or uh, Clone Socket Chronicles. And, of course... You can like us on Facebook. Uh, you can search for us at Spidey Dude Radio Network on uh, Facebook and also on Twitter. S Dude Podcast is our Twitter handle now. Uh, S Dude Podcast. S D U D E Podcast. So Spidey Dude Podcast couldn't quite fit the Twitter handle. So uh, <laughs> anyway, to check us out there, leave us uh, leave us any feedback, and we will pl- uh, do uh, we will read it or play it on the show. So with that, we'll see you next time and. Uh, yeah. Phoenix, I mean, see. <laughs> and,
2: and, just, and just record everybody when you leave us voicemails say the craziest most random shit possible give us something to respond to
3: <laughs> when you leave voicemails make sure that Zach doesn't like <laughs> call you back halfway through the voicemail yeah. like he did with mine Yeah. Is. anyway uh, we'll, we'll see you next or, time or pick up like he did with um, Braun Friends yeah
0: I missed everybody uh, but anyway, anyway we'll, we'll see you next time here on CSC Uh, exclusively on spy-douche.com alright so normally I don't I was going to add an outro music but and I'll probably add it right now but I wanted to give a quick tease as to what's coming up next so next episode being released nearly the same day as this episode episode 64 episode 64 is going to be Peter David, myself and Joshua Labbertoni talking about the new Scarlet Spider series. It is exclusively here on spidey I'm going to tell you right now, this interview is awesome. Peter David, always a great interview. We'll get to hear uh, more about the motivations behind uh, the issue of uh, Scarlet Spider. Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider number one. And um, get some insight as to, as to uh, some of the things that were going on, some things that were planned, and uh, some things we've actually speculated on here on the show. So I'm very very excited for that, and I wanted to uh, give everybody the opportunity to hear that particular episode as soon as we got it. So, um, also look for not one but two reviews of, Scarlet's, of Ben Riley the Scarlet Spider number one up on spidey-dew.com. One will be by my by me, and the other will be. By Mr. Big Al, our resident front page guy slash reviewer. So check it out over on spidershdo.com. We'll be, uh, after the first arc, we'll be doing the uh, Ben Riley's Go Spider series. So check that out and enjoy. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode and hope you guys will enjoy the next episode, episode 64. Let's talk to you soon. <laughs>